Hell yeah. Izzy joins us on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> intros. I thought you were going to box our intros from here on out. <laughs> no, nah, that was the one. <laughs> <laughs> I was ready for it. I was about, let's throw some ad libs in the background. <laughs> My mouth is very dry. I have the air conditioning on right now. I can't beatbox at the moment. <laughs> well, Izzy, thanks for joining us. Glad you're on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to do it. Uh, you say that now, but we'll see how you feel. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> true. Spill the tea. Who are you currently having sex with right now? Name names. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to say <laughs> myself, and that's it. Mm. Round of applause. Yeah, Self-love is very important. Uh, I think mm-hmm. we've all learned that during the quarantine. That's probably the most important lesson. Yeah. Yeah. My masturbation levels during this quarantine have completely stayed even. <laughs> Zero yeah. change. Actually, honestly, same. <laughs> Flat, flatten the curve throughout the whole yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> I mean, is there anywhere, is there more upside to this to where I'm at now? I don't think so. <laughs> what have you been up to over this whole time, Izzy? Um, just honestly, it's been really nice. So, um, I'm on summer vacation now. So, so like the past like two weeks have just been moving, but before, before that I was working, um, I teach. So then it was just kind of meeting with kids on zoom every day. Like, so it's like this basically. kids online. Yeah. Like doing this with your students. I feel like that'd be horrible. It, I, teacher. yeah, I very much prefer in person. Um, I think it's just easier it's much easier to teach in person, I think. And like, you don't really get the same engagement and the kids aren't as invested. It doesn't feel as real. Yeah, and they, my, their PlayStation's on like right now. Like yeah. they're playing games as you speak. Oh yeah. So, you know, and then, you know, you miss them and they, it's really sweet when they miss you. So you're like, this would be better if we were in person. <laughs> Do your kids miss you? They did, yeah. I think they're happy to be done with school though and be on summer vacation, I imagine. But I think that they were missing me when we would get on Zoom. Does anyone have to do Zoom summer school? (laughs) Yeah, actually. A lot of kids do. All of my students can do it, but I don't know how many of them signed up. Oh, it's like a volunteer thing. It's kind of an opt-in. And then you, depending on like what services you get at school, you are guaranteed the right to summer school. Mm-hmm. Um, right that seems like a trap <laughs> like, yeah right well I think it, <laughs> I know it, it did but I think it's like if you need especially when school was in person it's like another way to get kids to have sort of essentially like free daycare and keep them learning throughout the year so it's a little more relaxed in the summer but it's still kind of getting them caught up and stuff how yeah. old are your kids I was teaching third and fourth grade Wow, see, that's yeah. a good age. That's like, I love that age. Yeah, that's like right when they're still like cute. You know, I used to work mm-hmm. with kids like that. They're still like, they still think you're like the coolest person that ever lived. Like they still look up to you. Yeah. Like, shortly thereafter that though, there's a curve and it's all downhill from there. Oh yeah, I know. Middle school years. <laughs> I used to work with high school students and that was like some of the most humiliating days of my life. <laughs> <laughs> What was the most humiliating thing that happened to the high school kids? Oh my God. They just roast you. One of the kids, like I, so I was like a mentor through this AmeriCorps program and 
<clears throat> you know, you just kind of hang out in the classroom. And sometimes if the kids aren't feeling well, or if they're feeling great, you're just like being kind of playful with them. And one day I was like dancing and one of the kids was like, miss, are you good? And I was like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> and they'll just like say a lot of them, I have like small eyes. So they'll make fun of the way I laugh. And, and this is so funny because the high school kids did this. And then the third and fourth grade kids did this. My eyes get super small when I laugh. So they love to do uh, the same impression of me. They're, they all across the board were like, Mrs. E laughs like this. And it's so funny. <laughs> they all just really, like squint and open their mouths. Yeah. It's so <laughs> it's funny. a little racist fourth graders. <laughs> well, I... <laughs> Yeah, it, well, the good thing is, I mean, they never make it about race, but they just think it's so funny that my eyes completely close. <laughs> it kills me. Kids are savages. They, really they are. roast you for being in a good mood. Like, you cannot win with them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's, it's so cute, and I love that they're at least honest. Yeah. Um, high school so. kids are, like, a little too honest, you know? Like, y- y'all should keep your honesty under wraps. <laughs> like, yeah. Because sometimes your honesty is bullshit. Like, you don't even know anything. You're 15. Shut up. Like, what is this? It's so funny because I feel like high school is just, like, bigger middle school. Like, I don't think they're, – they're definitely more mature than middle school, but it's so funny because I don't think that – you, like, work with them, and they're, like, still very much children. Oh, for sure. They just think that they're grown. And you're like, not quite. <laughs> it's – you think everything matters so much for those like four years. You really do. I yeah. know. <laughs> I know. It's it's funny. Like, do you ever think about if you could go back and tell your high school self anything, what you would tell yourself? Yeah, like none of this matters. Like, why what are you freaking out about? Yeah. <laughs> this is not yeah. you're not you're not gonna know any of these people in ten years. Mm-hmm. Oh man. What would you tell yourself? Honestly, probably the same thing. I think I was so stressed about school all the time. And like going to like the right college and doing stuff like that. No, I would be like, it's not going to matter. You can literally go to any college and do any major. And guess what? You're just going to work a job after all that. Uh, I wish I could say the same. My high school, like it was hard to get me to even care. Like I was like, none of this means anything. If anything, I would have been like, hey, Ben, uh, you like basketball. Like play more of that. And just (laughs) (laughs) like that would have been. Yeah, just stay, just stay putting up J's. Just keep pulling. Like, Actually, I do wish I did more creative stuff. I was like so embarrassed to try. I think I tried out for a play. Well, I know I tried out for a play and I think it was in like seventh grade and I got cut. And after that, I was like, oh, I'm never doing a play again. Um, but I think it would have been fun to do a play. Every, I feel like everybody did theater in high school and then they're better at comedy because of it or no, worse. No theater. Did you do theater in high school, Jesse? No, I wish I, yeah, I would go back and tell myself to start stand up 10 years earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Forget that's college, actually true. Start stand up now. <laughs> yeah. I know. Oh my gosh. I, I think I probably would have told myself to start it in college, but then I do wonder if I would have even continued. I knew I wanted to do it in college, but I just never did. Yeah, I wanted to do it my whole life. I just like never really looked into like where to go for open mics or anything. Same. And then my friend just pointed me to one at Worcester. I was like, oh, this is convenient. (laughs) Yeah. I know. I didn't actually realize how much comedy there was in New Hampshire until I started doing it in Boston. Oh, yeah. There's like a little scene in uh, like Manchester. Yeah. Are you close to there? 
Yeah, I'm not far from there. It's probably like a 15 minute drive. Yeah. So, yeah. Do you have, were you ever going to any of those spots? I probably will. Once stuff like opens back up, I'll try to go check some stuff out if it's safe. Um, yeah, there's a yeah. laugh attic and it really is like a little attic. So like you can't really social distance in that place. No. Right oh, in New Hampshire? <laughs> yeah. Where? In Manchester? It's a, what is that place? Strange Brew? Strange Brew? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I have heard of that. Yeah, I love the restaurant. There? It's like a tiny little room. Mm-hmm. I've been there seating. before, but I've never been for comedy. That's so funny. That, oh. See, that's what's so weird. I've been to some of these places. And actually, before I started working in like schools, I worked at this college in Manchester, and I was like an advisor. And one of the other advisors does the... He kind of like hosts the show at the Shaskeen mm. and he would talk about it. He'd be, like, he'd be like, oh, we have stand-up comedy every Wednesday. And I remember being like, oh, yeah, I want to check that out. But I like never went. I've always heard good things about that room. I, yeah. Like everyone's like, yeah, you should try to get in there and try. To... But now it's like weird. Now it's like you never know what spots are coming back. Like try to get in anywhere. It's like, what, what is the point? It's like we shut down. I know. Yeah, Ben, you did a show in New Hampshire Saturday. Yeah, yeah, we were in New Hampshire. Izzy was supposed to actually be on the show. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You got to yeah. the gig for that. <laughs> Izzy threw me the spot, and there was no Izzy. I was like, what happened? She okey-doked herself. <laughs> I know. Well, I figured I was like, okay, I need – I wasn't going to be able to make it. And then I was like, I'm not going to ask Ben to do me this favor and then not give up my spot for it. So it was fine. It worked out, too. It's hard because my grandma is 94, so I have to also be super careful about like where I go for COVID reasons. Cause like if she gets it, I'm going to feel very guilty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just to make, just to really lighten the mood here on this podcast. I'm going to let you know that. Yeah. Well, it's all your fault. It's all. Your... Imagine. Now, I, I went to an open mic in Providence last night. The whole time I'm like, is this worth it right now? <laughs> <laughs> Is this worth getting sick or getting anyone else sick? Was it or? worth it afterwards? No, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> I miss I miss the comics. I miss, I saw a bunch of my friends. Like saw a bunch of the open micers, and like I I miss being at like a comedy show. Like, mm-hmm. but uh, did I gain anything from it? No, not, not at all. <laughs> yeah, that's what I keep wondering. Is like, am am I going to gain anything by going? is going to be helpful or is my anxiety going to be too high that I'm not even going to. Yeah. Like I kept the mask on the whole time. Like I was sitting in there and yeah. like, they were like pretending to wipe the mic down in between people. And like, none of this, it was, ugh, it was weird. <laughs> it was a really weird experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was the whole room. Like that's, that's the thing about open mics is I was like asking myself the other day, I was like, why did I used to go to open mics so much? It's like, that's where you used to like meet people, practice stuff. Maybe you like met connections and stuff like that. You could try stuff on an audience if it was a good room, but it's like none of those things are happening right now. You're not, yeah. no one's waiting at some of the one open migrating, like, Oh, the next killer is going to be in here. You know, like yeah. right now I'm just like, I don't know what the point of open mics is right now. I was glad to see that nothing had changed. Like everyone bombed to a silent room of comics and then everyone immediately left after their sets. So by the time I went up, there were like 10 people in there, uh, which is pretty good for a skew, honestly. 
man. <laughs> that room is that room. I, that room was rough before COVID. I didn't even <laughs> like it there when it was at its best. I didn't like that. that Everyone room. was already social distance and avoiding each other like before a pandemic. That's so. Funny. What's this room called? It's a restaurant called Askew in Providence, Rhode Island. I don't know if I've ever been to that room. It's a restaurant and a basement. It's actually a pretty nice place. Um, mm-hmm. But just, yeah, that's where Ben, Paul, uh, Cyphers, and I would go down there in like our first, in 2018, when we first like really started hitting a lot of open mics, that was like the one room that we would go to every Tuesday because it's so easy to get to from Worcester. Um, mm-hmm. And that's where we learned to bomb in silence every week <laughs> and yeah, just like love it. get used to telling your jokes to nothing to like yeah that room is like now if there's like one person listening and paying attention i'm like no this is good this is a show yeah it's i got so one funny. laugh on one joke last night i was like oh i'm doing all right <laughs> <laughs> did yeah, you do a tough room a lot of new stuff or did you try like were you just working on old stuff I opened with my like oldest joke, my white dreadlocks joke that I always open with, uh, just as a joke and just to see if I could remember my old jokes. And then I just had a note card full of like loose premises that I've written down the last like couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Have you been writing at all? Uh, not much. I've been like taking some Zoom classes that have required writing, but other than that, yeah. not a ton. I've been doing a lot of journaling, though. Like so school that's, classes? You're taking- um, I'm taking, like, different comedy classes. And so I've taken a sketch writing class. Um, and then now I'm in this pilot writing class. What, what, but, like, through what? What do you take them through? Like, a university or just, like, online? Just online. So the sketch comedy class I took was through Improv Boston. through, mm-hmm. um, And the teacher was a guy I went to high school with. But he is now teaching them independently through his like um, production company. Um, he, he was a very good teacher. So that was cool. Um, and then I'm taking this pilot writing class through the pit, the people's improv theater in New York city mm-hmm. online, but I'm only auditing the class. So I can do the activities and the assignments, but I can't submit them for feedback, which kind of sucks. Yeah. But I mean, at least I'm like practicing. So yeah, you're still getting some skills. Yeah. Have so you like, gotten good. anything out of him? Like, did you ever, like, did you come up with like a sketch or like, a, have you written anything from it or from the classes? Um, yeah, I've written like maybe one or two sketches that I want to like try to make real, but I sort of was just like getting through the class. I think for me, it's a lot of it is like, I just need to keep busy at least a little mm-hmm. bit. So otherwise I will go insane. I'll be on my phone for like 24 hours if you don't give me anything to do. Making TikToks. Yeah, well, I haven't made TikTok in a while. I'll have to get on that again. Um, are you guys on TikTok? <laughs> no, and if Trump bans TikTok, you might have my vote this November. I, gotta I be honest. cannot. <laughs> it's so wild that the Chinese government is like using TikTok to spy. Well, they, did, I mean? they completely deny it and TikTok denies it. But yeah. who knows? <laughs> I, I also think TikTok is moving their they're trying to move their headquarters or something like that. I thought I read. Yeah. I don't think don't any the of their databases are in China either. Yeah. And they say like the Chinese government has like no access to any of their files, but I, yeah, 
I was going to say, I don't know, <laughs> but I've, I've heard they have, you give them a lot of permission when you sign up for TikTok. It also was like, oh, link your YouTube account. And I almost did. But then I was like, wait a minute, you sign in through Gmail. I don't want to give them access to my entire Gmail. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, like, but like, can we my, not pretend like they don't already have access to it anyways? Like they've already hacked everything, our election. Like, I know. Like, everything. Everything's so connected and I've connected everything to everything <laughs> else. <laughs> that's, the one, that's the one thing I'm like, I'm sure there's already a bunch, like every company that I've given my email probably has so much access. Yeah. Um, but I guess I was like, because I know TikTok is a little bit shady, I'll probably just like hold off on <laughs> giving them at least direct access. They can work for it. How many followers do you have on TikTok? Not a lot. I have maybe like 89 and I follow 129. Yeah. So it's like you follow each other, you know, that kind of thing. And then I follow all the big influencers on TikTok. Big influencers on TikTok. Yeah. They're all like 15-year-old kids. Oh my God. I know. When you remember they're like teenagers, I'm like, you are making so much money with your well actually i don't know that all of them are but some of them are definitely making all this money because you see their homes yeah they they look like they're just they come from money anyway i think they do because i feel like that's the appeal is like people you know some of them are just like okay dancers but people can see like their house in the background they're like oh i want to see that yeah they have like a really nice pool and like they live in like a nice like climate <laughs> yeah like oh who's that that charlie girl Yes. Oh, I love Charlie. Charlie D'Amelio. Yeah, I clicked, I like looked her up on Instagram and now Instagram in the explore feed just gives me all teenage, like oh. underage girls from uh, TikTok, TikTok and I don't like it. <laughs> I know. It is, it is so weird how the internet like sort of gives you access to people that like maybe you don't need to be like following on social media yeah i'm a 32 year old man i do not need to see what 16 year old charlie is up to <laughs> you better yeah. stay alive jesse because you don't want to have to that be like the last thing and after mr burlingame's death we found this on his computer like. yeah you know what though at least if, if you're like appropriate you know it's whatever she's she's like got 70 million followers on tiktok so as long as you're not yeah. What, does she, what does she do for 70 what does she do for the 70 million followers that's so cool like everyone like what is she it's doing nothing's cool <laughs> she just dances i think what's up is she even a good dancer she's pretty good yeah she does them well but she's she's not like better than a lot of them online her, like, her instagram is all like half naked like bikini pictures too so there's that she, well she's like a she's like a pretty young girl you know and i feel yeah. like who uses social media the most is like girls her age. So, you know. This is a weird time. It's like a very weird time. I don't know how to navigate this transition from like all these like social media sites. Like it's crazy. It's so, I'm like so thankful we didn't have social media like that when I was in high school because. Like MySpace was kind of like bad enough. Yeah. like MySpace drama. The top eight. (laughs) When you got in a fight with your friends, you moved them out of your top eight. I know. Oh my God. That always, I actually hid my top eight. I learned how to, MySpace did teach us uh, how to do some web design and HTML. Yeah. Yeah, I do basic coding. (laughs) Yeah. So I like figured out how to hide my top eight because I was like, I don't want it on my profile. It ruins the aesthetic of my profile. (laughs) But I was also like, then I don't have to tell anybody what my top eight is. And then eventually they gave you permission. You could do like top 20 or something. So I had like, so many top 
friends on there. Yeah, it got way too wild after a while. Mm-hmm. I went exclusive. I was like, I only got a top four for me and my boys. Oh. That way you know you're not cool if you ain't in my top fours. That is, we're, yeah. We're I, <laughs> I made my top eight all uh, me, and it was like the Brady Bunch. It was just me in like different boxes, like looking up That's and like so looking funny. down. <laughs> Oh, I love that. My space was so much cooler. <laughs> yeah. My space was sick. No, I think I think just because like I would have been so embarrassed now looking back at what I probably would have done on TikTok, like just dancing, but I just was so goofy and awkward that it would not be like Charlie is like a cool 16-year-old and she's very pretty. I was like dorky, like going through puberty throughout high school. So like I just yeah. was this awkward, lanky person. And probably could not dance that well. I wonder if it would have, would have done to my self-esteem, too. Exactly. Like, this girl has to, like, think about what everyone's going to say and, like, how she has to present herself. And, yeah. Uh, I, I've i been following the TikTok drama, too. And she's seeing a lot of um, really gross, like, abuse online right now from, yeah. like, this one specific other TikToker. I don't remember her name. But, like, people are, like, really sexualizing her because she's, like, a girl that likes to wear crop tops and and people are making weird comments about that. And then like this one woman who I think, I mean, you can tell is like mentally ill is like threatening her on the internet and like saying, you know, Oh, I'm outside your house and all this stuff. So that's gotta be very scary. Yeah. (laughs) Living your whole life online is crazy. Like I can't even imagine that. I'm like, I know. If I get a text message asking me what I'm doing and I'm like, fuck, why, why are you all up in my business? <laughs> <I know. laughs> like to make videos that show you what everything looks like at all the time. Like that must just be tiring. I almost put a, like I made a joke about like Kanye West, like running for president today. And I'm like, you know, I'm not even going to get into it. It's not, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want anyone to know where I stand politically. Like even if it's a joke about Kanye West. That's where so do you stand politically, Jesse? Well, I like that Kanye is a pro-life anti-vaxxer. I think he might have a chance to win this one. <laughs> that's so crazy. A pro-life anti-vaxxer. Yeah, that's, I read the, the interview that he did with Forbes this morning. <laughs> wow. I like oh, it. I, I like it. That. And I, I was like, it. I could make a joke of like how I support him as a pro-life anti-vaxxer. And I was like, no, it's not worth it. <laughs> that is pretty funny, though. I That might be worth it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, I feel like I politically I'm very left, but I yeah. don't think I've made that very secret. Yeah, I wouldn't. No, not to anyone who's paying attention. Yeah, true. This whole politics game has gotten out of hand, honestly. Oh, I saw you post something that us New Englanders aren't allowed to pretend that we're better than people from the South anymore. I, no, <laughs> I'm no. upset about that. <laughs> well, I thought it was very. I liked that it was. Cause I never thought about that. I was like, Oh yeah, I guess I do Yeah. have hit, like, at least, I mean, I don't really think about it that much, but I have always host? been like, it's like something about how new Englanders will try to act like we are superior to the South when like the South is just like put in a very disadvantaged position. And like a lot of the South is um, black people and LGBTQ people. So then like when we're making fun of the South, we think <coughs> only making fun of these like, ignorant racist white southerners but like they're underprivileged and undereducated yeah i actually was talking to my parents about this the other day too i think we do in new england we do talk a lot about 
people who are like racist and problematic and we paint them as like, oh, they're just like ignorant and uneducated. But you're like, there are people that go to Harvard who are. Oh, yeah. I talk about it all the time. Like outside of the major cities of New England, we're kind of just like, it's like rural farmland almost. Like Western Mass is like Trump country. Like yeah, New Hampshire, Maine, that's Trump country. I know. We live in, I asked my parents if they would put a Black Lives Matter sign on the front yard and they were like, we don't want to put any politics like on the yard just because yeah. New Hampshire is very. I drove by someone's house. I think it was out at like Western Mass and like they painted the foundation, like the concrete foundation of their house with like Trump 2020. Like they have a whole like Trump house. So like, why would you want to? <laughs> oh why... my gosh. I don't know why people like put their politics out there like that. So, yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. When I went to, uh, when I was in New Hampshire, that was the only sign I saw in the middle of nowhere where there was no phone service, was just Trump 2020 signs were the only signs I saw driving up there. I was like, oh. There's so this, many. This is going to be fun. I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is what I'm saying. Like, I was laughing because I've been convinced that Trump 2020, the re-election was going to happen since it, he got elected the first time. And I don't think there's anything the Democrats are trying to do now that's going to stop that, honestly. Yeah. Joe Biden, that's your answer? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely surprised. Well, are you but it, yeah, I guess you're right. What I think is like so crazy is they do this last year, I remember this, uh, they put out this advertising that was like text boy bye to like four, five, six, seven, eight to tell Congress you don't care, you know, whatever. And I was like, We're gonna lose. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this is so terrible. This is definitely something that some like I don't know. I don't. I, I'm not some, even some, some TikToker in an office. <laughs> some liberal yeah. TikToker freestyling. Oh my god! It was so crazy. It was like the worst thing I've ever seen. And I'm a Beyonce fan. And I was like, and I know like people use "boy bye" to reference that. Um, I forget what song it is. Maybe I'm not a great Beyonce fan, but yeah. people reference that song with that, those lyrics. And I was like, oh, like how can you use Beyonce's? likeness like this this is if, very sacrilegious if only people had voted to the left to the left i know <laughs> god uh, i know i i am a little bit worried he's gonna win again just a little bit worried <laughs> very I, worried well, well because the one thing that is happening that's really fucked up and this is like i don't really care about politics but i do care about shit that are fucked like things that are fucked up like voter suppression is a real thing and it mm -hmm. is fucked up. And that's the kind yeah. of stuff that I'm just like, if you count in for everything going on right now, everyone's so scared of what's happening with like COVID. No one wants to do anything drastic. So it's like, hey, we already have this guy in office. He's already been here for four years. Do we want to change things up or just kind of just hope this rides it out? And I don't think a lot of people are, I think people are more adverse to change and there's not really any thing forcing them to want to change there's no mm -hmm. one being like hey joe biden's gonna save us you know that's not yeah. what anyone said so this is gonna be a interesting election season i know it's, it is it's crazy that's not even popular right now like no one's really talking about it that much no, we all, yeah we all just want to leave our house and like go to the beach and like barbecue or something <laughs> i know people, people give no fucks about the election i want to drink a margarita on a patio somewhere that's what i'm talking about right now 
I also think it's so wild that I've seen some conservative friends that I know post things about how like mail-in voting should be done away with. And it's like, really? You've never cared about mail-in voting before until the year that we need mail-in voting? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's crazy. Are you, are you ready to fight people online yet? Oh, like, no. Are you going to get to fist? Do you ever get in like the, the, the online back and forths, like on the comments and stuff like that? Are you that person that's like, I got to say something? Um, if it's on my own post, I'll probably respond. Um, I don't see general- you in uh, Boston comedians too getting at anybody. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I try to, because you know what will happen if I do that? I'll be like so fixated on seeing what happens that I'm like, yeah. I can't do that. I know I put one joke in there the other day and I kept refreshing to see if it got any likes. I was like, this is so pathetic. That's so funny. (laughs) Did it get any likes? (laughs) It got, it got 10 over two days. You know what? That's pretty, that's not terrible for that group, right? No, I don't think so. (laughs) No, I feel like everything in that group usually gets like maybe one to four. Yeah. It was all my friends from like the Worcester area. So like, they got my back in the Boston chat. Man, I need to keep I never hear about anything until it goes big enough. That's how I know something's real when people start talking about it. Then I'm like, let me look it up. Mm-hmm. And, and there's certain people that you can always count on to just be like, oh, did you hear about what's happening here? Mm-hmm. And that's what I pay attention to. And then you check it out. It's it's not worth any of the drama no. that's going on. Is there two hundred and fifty comments yet? Because if there's not, I'm yeah. not ready for it. I love that yeah. comedy's dead and comics are still at war with each other every single day on the internet. Every day. savages savagery is real you know what it's very much i feel like a high school environment though you know between i feel like worcester boston and providence comedy not not quite as much providence but especially worcester and boston i feel like i associate them as the same scene even though they're like different but it to me it just feels you know, and I don't think of there's anybody. a lot of interming, uh, intermingling between the scenes. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like it's small enough where gossip like spreads just like it does in high school, and there's like high school esque drama. Yeah, but yeah, people will just come up to me and tell me who someone's dating. I'm like, I didn't need to know that. Like, I don't even know that person. I didn't even <laughs> yeah, ask you. <laughs> and now I'm just walking around with this information, and I have to like see both those people, and I like. That's so funny. See, I actually don't, I, dating is the one thing I'm like totally lost on unless they're like a full on couple and everybody knows, but I never know, you know, I've heard, I've, I've heard, but if I hear, I always hear like late, I feel like. How do you feel about dating comics? Like, I know some people are like, it's cool. It's a workplace thing. And other people are like, I can't date comics. Like that's not where I'm at. How do you feel about that whole thing? That's this really is, tough. This I is can, a big Bocom thread the other day. <laughs> oh, I have to go look at it. Yeah. That's where I got I wonder, 10 likes. <laughs> I wonder if I already saw it or not. Because um, sometimes I'll see them, but I'll just like kind of like phase it out of my memory really quickly. I'm not, I don't think I'm opposed to dating comics, but I think that now that I've been doing it at least, you know, I guess if we were still going, I'd be at like a year and a half at this point. Um, actually a little bit more. So I feel like now I'm like, okay, I think you should really get to know somebody before you make that choice. And I think for me, it would be really hard because 
dating a comedian if I have to like see you all the time and interact with you if it doesn't end well it's going to be difficult for me personally not because I'm going to make it difficult but like I'm like such a nostalgic bitch so I'll be like aw all the time <laughs> <laughs> all the time oh I remember oh <laughs> I had seen that at least yeah, for, like, like I'm- I've never dated any of my like coworkers or anything and like comedy. I try to like take as seriously as a job. So like, yeah. Do I want to like see someone I'm dating like all the fucking time, like never have any like free time away from Mm -hmm. them. I think and like, that's the thing. I feel like if I really, not that I, I feel like if I really liked a person and was like, okay, this person seems like we could do this and I wouldn't, be super sad about it for a really long time or whatever then i'll be like sure yeah um or they wouldn't be super sad about it after but it's it's hard why are you already planning for it to fail is he's like it's gonna fuck up i, gonna I know so it's gonna sabotage what are you planning to do in this relationship that's, I'm his i always right think ahead to like the worst case scenario too <laughs> no that's like i that's a problem i'm glad that you pointed that out because i really don't think about that a lot but i do think that now that you say that, I actually realize I do think about the breakup. I'm like, yeah. what will this breakup be like? Already? <laughs> you're not so even bad. dating them, but you're yeah. thinking about the breakup first? I feel like yes. a lot of people do that, though. Like, they just think about the worst case scenario, and then everything just kind of plods out until it gets there. So everyone's like, yeah. I knew this was going to happen. Yeah. Well, no shit, you've been plotting it for six months, whether you admit it or not. Oh, but- yeah. <laughs> yeah. My therapist calls it catastrophizing. She's like, well, I guess that's the name for it. She's like, if you're already thinking about the worst case scenario ending of this whatever maybe that's catastrophizing mm. oh man i do that with so many things it's so it's, no it was interesting when you said it because there was never a time when you were like yeah i mean it could work out and we could like write jokes together and be like it's a like, great comedy when when yeah. this fails because it's going to <laughs> <laughs> this will crash and burn <laughs> and i'm gonna hate it <laughs> it's not gonna be good <laughs> I might slash his tires. <laughs> Looks like his car. Think <laughs> he just shows up to his shows and starts booing. <laughs> Imagine. I like hire fake hecklers. <laughs> <laughs> like you, you broke up with me, so I'm gonna make your life miserable now. Yo, people be wilding out though. People do crazy stuff yeah. to their exes and stuff. What's the craziest thing you've ever done to an ex? Oh my god, I. <laughs> 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 I feel like this is an off-the-record question that I'll answer, but honestly, I've just been a very sad and needy ex before. Like, it was my first boyfriend, and we went through this breakup that was just, like, super tough. He ended up cheating on me after, like, three and a half years, and it was so hard. I was, like, incessantly texting him and, like, creeping him. I followed his new girlfriend on Instagram. I just, I, like, I know. I, like... (laughs) On a fake account? <laughs> no, on on my account. And then he got oh. mad. He, he got mad at me and he blocked me. <laughs> did you? Did, is that when you made the fake account to add him back on? Was oh my god! <laughs> no, that's actually not a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> We're giving her ideas, Jesse. Yeah, I know. Um, and, yeah, you gotta have a dummy account that you update like every couple months so that it looks like a real account. <laughs> I know. Imagine. That's what Kevin Durant does. And then, really? he like, about, and then he tweets about Kevin Durant on his fake accounts. <laughs> really? How do you know? Because he admitted it. And he got caught one time. That's he forgot to, so He funny. forgot to, like, change his whatever. 
And then uh, they found out that he was Kevin Durant and he was caping up for Kevin Durant. That is so funny. Hey, that's, you gotta be you gotta be your own biggest fan. That's what that killer uh Luca Magnata did, the guy from Don't Fuck With Cats on Netflix. Like he what? he like made all these like fake accounts that just spread gossip about himself. I mean it's a good way to get popular so if funny. you already got a little bit of heat. Yeah. yeah. It's still really funny to go cape up for yourself from, from phantom accounts. Like, someone's like, Kevin Durant sucks. Nah, Kevin Durant scored 35. He's the best. So, That's <laughs> so funny. Tweeting, it's so good. <laughs> I'm like, but you have to imagine, though, if you are, like, one of the best basketball players in the world right now and, like, one of the best of all time, and you are that insecure to where you have to create fake accounts to go find people who are talking bad about you online, that's just sad. That's, yeah. That's a weird dynamic to be like, because to be like good at sports professionally, you have to be like pretty borderline like arrogant. You know, you have to have like, like brash confidence. Like it's like being like a good comic. You know, you have to be almost like just brashly confident about well, your jokes and your material. But it's. Yeah. And here's the thing I feel like I imagine there's so many of those like Stan accounts, right? And that's become such a thing that I imagine some of these like celebrities probably pay somebody to make to like keep the stan account fresh and relevant whatever oh there's like a stan firm <laughs> probably well Yo, I was, this is I was, an idea is there's like there's like these a bunch of kardashian accounts and people are obsessed with the kardashians but i'm like they follow <laughs> some of them that i'm sure they're like at least i mean they'll send them gifts because then the stan account will be like oh my god i got this package from kim um mm. Not that often. That why didn't Kevin Durant hire somebody to do that? Because <laughs> then he would have. That's the beauty of it. It does. It's just him. Like that's, that's how he fits. So he was, funny. He was self conscious enough to want to do it, and also enough to not want anyone to know he was doing it. Yeah. You think and, when you get to a certain level of like fame or success, like you're gonna feel better about yourself, and you won't need to do these things, but. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, there's, cause that's what the thing about it. Like we always put like the fame. I remember like Jerry Seinfeld was talking about it one time. He's like, he's like, I always thought that I was going to do one show or like, and I was going to feel like I made it, like I'm here. And it's like, nah, it's just the next thing. And I imagine it's kind of like that for the athletes too. That's like, true. We look at it as like, oh, they're an NBA. They're this person. And then they're just like, that's a job. I'm 6'11". I'm just really good at shooting the ball. Like I can do this. Yeah. The same way like you're good at your job. It's it's a weird dynamic. I think we just kind of gloss over the human aspect of people that are that famous or successful. Yeah, that is very true. I feel like we always want to be better at things, especially if you are successful, you probably have had this like lifelong desire to just keep getting better and better that. Yeah. Once you're there, you're probably like, how can I be even better? Let me make an Instagram to like all my own pictures. (laughs) It's genius. I will say, I do want to say, even though I was extremely crazy with that first boyfriend, after that, I feel like I've been a... uh, A a better ex? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Did any of your antics ever end you up in court? Um, Are you asking questions you already know the answer to? Yeah, he is. (laughs) I just like this story. (laughs) You should know because you were there. I was I wasn't gonna say anything because we don't edit the podcast. <laughs> oh, this is no hold bar. We're going in. We we can talk about that off the record, but I will say yes. <laughs> I didn't mean to put you on the spot. No, you're good. Story. And you know what? You know what though? I will say that experience has taught me a lot about uh, the legal system. 
<laughs> and and the systemic oppression that exists within that because I was thinking I every time now I hear about these kids that have to go to court I'm like like I'm very fortunate where like if in a hypothetical situation I had to go to court my parents would probably hypothetically let me borrow the money to get a lawyer mm. you know yeah uh do we freeze out um <laughs> No, I think it, it was, yeah. Anyways, I just think about how, like, both class and race are, like, such a big deal. Like, if you're a rich person, you could get away with anything. And we're obviously seeing that. But, like, I'm not even a rich person that I can't imagine, like, what it must be like if you're a multimillionaire or a billionaire to be able to do whatever you want and know you're never going to get in trouble for it. Because that's the thing about the legal system. It's like you, your results in court, like people act like if you get a lawyer, you're guilty. Like, no, if you don't get a lawyer, you are screwing yourself. Like, even if you don't have like a major charge, because like I had an experience where I had to go to court and I'm like, and, and I realized in that moment, like if you had a lawyer versus if you took the public defender, like a public defender has like 60, 80 cases on their docket, like a week. They're not reading your individual cases. They're not investigating on your behalf, finding out the truth of whatever happened. They're just like, hey, here are the charges. Here's what we'll accept on a plea based on your record. And that's literally what they're trying to do is just close out cases. So if you have anything more than like a traffic violation or something like that, and you have to go to court and you're expecting like the public defender to help you with anything, you are fucked. Like, absolutely fucked. That's the craziest part about court. Like, one dude was on trial for, he had a public defender for a murder charge. This public defender didn't even review his case. They just were like, hey, you got murder charges, buddy. It's not looking good. The dude's like, I'm innocent. They're like, take this plea. And, so, yeah. and that was the conversation. It's like, this, they didn't even look at his case before. The, DA, the public defender was like, yeah, we had, like, I had like 65 cases on my docket that week. I didn't even look at his case until I opened it up in the courtroom. And yeah, like, just oh. trying to clear that docket up. Yeah, just trying to and clear that docket. It's fucked up. I think that's part of the like horrible design is that that's like definitely intentional. It's like, how do we keep poor people still oppressed? And how do we keep people of color still oppressed? We make public defenders jobs nearly impossible. Who has, like, I think if I were to be a lawyer, I'd want to be a public defender for that very reason. Like you're working with people who can't afford a lawyer, but then I don't have a hundred something thousand dollars to go to law school yeah. right now. So I'm not going to go to law school. I also don't have the attention span to go to law school. But <laughs> Minor detail. <laughs> yeah. But that's, you know, I think that's like, it's so sad because then people are in situations like that where it's like, well, we just got to get this done. Or you have people that genuinely care. And I, I don't, th- I wouldn't even say that public defenders don't care. I think it's just made impossible for them to. Well, I also think there is, there is a part of it that's like, we have private prisons. So as long as we have private prisons, someone's going to have to be in jail so people can make money. Yeah. Like someone has to be behind bars so everyone, so the system can flow and everyone who's invested in those things can have money. So I think there are, there is an aspect of that that's like, hey, if you're somebody who you don't have enough money for a lawyer, maybe even you're like a kid, maybe you're 15, 16 years old and your parents aren't coming to you to court. Maybe you've gotten in trouble or whatever before. It's like, they don't care. They look at your record. It's like, you're a rat. That's, that's perfect for 
just perpetuating that system. It's kind of unfortunate that we have that. Yeah. But facts. I remember the first time I learned that the justice system was fucked up. I'll never forget it. I was in middle school and I lit off a pack of black cats in the school hallway and no one. And so, and it became like a thing. They were trying to figure out who did it. And we had this phone number called Crime Stoppers. It was like 1-800-Crime Stoppers. And people kept calling. We called it 1-800-I-Snitch. <laughs> people, people kept calling in. So every week, I would get called in the office like, hey, uh, we received a lot of phone calls that you were the one that lit the back of Black Cats on. And, uh, and after like the third week, the principal was like, hey, as of now, our investigation is over. We know it was you. So are you going to admit to it? I was like, if you guys' investigation was over and you guys had evidence that it was me, we wouldn't be having this conversation. I would be in trouble. And he was like, all right. And so, and so this uh, school resource officer, I'd known him since I was in first grade. He finally convinces me, like, probably after, like, going on the second month after everything happened, he convinces me that if I get caught, I'm going to get in so much more trouble to just admit I did the crime, blah, blah, blah. I was like, I've known him since first grade. I could trust him. So I was like, fine, I'll admit to it. Bro, they fucked me so hard. They, they, they doubled down. They put down, the, they gave me the whole book. Like I got in, I was taking drug tests. I was had to go take like alcohol and drug tests. I've never even smoked weed in my life at this point. What did you get charged with? Exactly. They just charged me with like, um, they charged, they ended up charging me with like uh, vandalism, um, damaging of property and so on and so forth. They charged, they charged me with like all sorts of stuff. And they had to make me go to the probation. I had to take these classes, like all sorts. In high school? This was in eighth grade. Mm. Oh, my God. Yeah. From this day, I'm like, I learned that moment. Like, even if they have you on camera, even if they tell you they have all the evidence, like, I'm shaggy defense every time. It was not me. (laughs) We have you on camera. It wasn't me. We have this. It was not me. Like, prove that shit in court if we have to. But I am admitting nothing. That's so crazy to me that eighth graders, like, that just does not seem very restorative to, like, have, I don't know, have an eighth grader have to go through, like, the court system. You did, wait, you didn't have to go to court. No, I, I, I had to accept the probation. So I had to take anger management oh. classes for a year. I had to take alcohol classes for a year. I had mm. to take, well, not for a year, for, it ended up being, like, three years I had to take them. I took them all the way till I was in, like, um, that was one of the reasons I never smoked in high school was because I had to take mandatory drug tests every month. And then it was like, at first it was like every week. Then it became every month after like the second or third year. But I was wow. doing it from like eighth grade up until almost the time I graduated. Wow. I mean, yeah. I guess for you it worked out okay. But like, what about people who are so defeated by approaches like that? Well, the like, thing about it is it's, it's, it was very like challenging too because you had to like – I went to school out of district, so then I'd have to, like, go to this place to get my drug test, like, a certain time, and I didn't have a car, so I'd have to, like, take, like, a bus or get a ride, like, across town when I was, like, first doing it to go take these random drug tests. Like, the whole thing was fucked up. And I it's, can imagine. Yeah. yeah, and if I can imagine if, like, if you're not in a position to where you're able to handle those things or your family's not helping you much or, like, you're and then you just get in more trouble and then they just stack pile more stuff on you. Yeah. That's, well, that's like, have you, have you watched the uh, time a Khalif Browder story? I haven't it, watched it. I mean, I've seen some of it. I know the Khalif Browder story. Yeah. And yeah, that's a hard one. Well, and I knew the story when it happened. Cause I, I remember seeing some of his interviews, you know, back 
before he died and he what is he that talked story? about it so he was a 16 year old boy this is what makes it so crazy he was a 16 year old boy who was arrested and falsely imprisoned in rikers island for three years because he they accused him of stealing a backpack that he didn't steal and he refused to plead guilty they were like if you plead guilty right now you'll go home but he refused he was like i didn't do it i'm not pleading guilty um so then they were like okay here's your bail you have to pay it but because when he was young a little bit younger him and his friends stole a bakery truck and just went for a joyride like dumb teenager stuff he had a felony charge for doing that which is insane i think because it happened when he was 16 so in new york they were able to charge minors with felonies which i think is absurd i believe he was charged as an adult wasn't he Yes, I think, yeah, because when you're 16, you can be charged as an adult. Mm -hmm. That's probably the language. Um, You're right. So he got a felony charge for that. So then when they tried to post bail, they couldn't because when you have a charge, if you're arrested while you're on probation, you can't, um, you, you like can't leave prison. So then they had, he kept waiting for trial and then they were like, oh, you can plead guilty and go, but he refused. 13 times over the course of three years, he like would not um, plead guilty to this crime because he didn't do it. And so there's like a law in the US, like you have the right to a speedy trial. But I guess at the time in New York, a speedy trial, it's supposed to be within six months of your arrest. But at the time they kept, uh, they were able to like reset it from every court date. So he would have a court date, but then it would get pushed back. So then it's like, okay, six months from now, you have the right to, you have to have a trial by six months from now. So that's why he stayed in jail for three years. and was just like abused, put in solitary confinement for like, I think at one point he was there for 700 days in a row. Can you wow. imagine being 16 and being in jail with grown ass men? Like that's the craziest part about putting in minors in there. It's like you're 15, 16 years old. And then you just go in Rikers Island, like for felonies, like, you got people that are in there for some real shit, some, like, grown-ass yeah. people, and you're just some, like, kid that was fucking around, and they're just, you're just there. That shit yeah. is wild. And that's, like, what I think is so crazy, even though I didn't want to talk about this on the podcast, Benjamin. Uh, <laughs> no, like, <laughs> you brought it up. No, I, uh, yeah, I never, I've never been, like, charged with any actual crime, and I went to... I did have to go to a courtroom, but like I had a lawyer and I had the resources and like everything just fairly, I believe, went away as it should. But like, imagine if I had been in Khalif's shoes, like he didn't have, they didn't have those resources. And like New York very clearly, like the way that they were policing in the Bronx was just like too much. And to attack like children like that for crimes, like really, he's 16 year old. And they took a bakery truck on a joyride. They didn't hurt anybody. They didn't do anything. So you're going to give them a felony charge and five years of probation. That's insane. Yeah. The, the word, all right, so here's the thing, kind of switching it up. So the Khalif Browder story, very tragic story, a story that I think needs to be told. And it's very moving and powerful. Did he end up dying? Yeah, he ended yeah. up committing suicide after he was out of prison because he was oh. so fucking traumatized and everything that had gone on. He talked about it. Yeah. yeah. The whole thing was real fucked up. Like, after he came out of prison, like, he was just, his family was like, he was never the same. He just went into, like, a super dark depression. Yeah. Um, 
So the whole documentary is actually made and produced by Harvey Weinstein. I know. How does that make you feel? Hey, dude, Weinstein Company produced a lot of good documentaries. I know. Yeah. Not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a documentary person, Jesse. How do you feel about that? Like, if you if there's a Harvey Weinstein documentary that's really good, but I mean, Harvey Weinstein made it. How do you feel I, about that? I can separate the villain from the art. I'm able to do that. You, you, you I feel like that's necessary, especially because like there's a lot of people that worked on that movie and that documentary yeah. that weren't yeah. Harvey Weinstein. His uh, blood money was able to fund some really good documentaries. <laughs> well, and, yeah, and that's what I kind of wonder. It's like, it was just his production company, right? So it's like yeah. him putting his money into it. So at the very least, his money and power, because he was a powerful man, went towards something good. Like, I won't praise him at all for it and i wish that they could take the i mean i guess it's like what does taking his name off of anything do and we all know he's a bad guy um yeah that's when i see it every time if i watch a movie and i see weinstein productions or whatever it's called i'm like ugh. the weinstein company or miramax yeah Yeah. i mean i guess he was Miramax too yeah those are his parents mira and max really yeah so he started that company yeah, I think Disney bought it in the 90s and he might have bought it back or he just turned it into the Weinstein company. Because it wasn't Weinstein. Doesn't he have a brother too that like super distanced himself from him? The Weinstein yeah. brothers, there were like two brothers that were really big and then his brother was like, I don't know yeah. Harvey, bro. Like, I, I think it's brother. like Bob Weinstein. I feel like I said that name sounds familiar. Might Probably. Be, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, that, hearing about that is so weird because I remember when I was in college, there was this like gossip site. It was probably like Perez Hilton or something. And they talked about how like some actresses were what they call Harvey's girls. So it was like Harvey like takes these women out and like wines and dines them and like puts them in his wife's gowns. Cause his wife has this um, fashion company, Marchesa. Mm-hmm. So like, I remember reading about these like Harvey's girls, but they didn't sound, um, it didn't sound malicious it just sort of was like oh this man just like puts certain women who maybe aren't necessarily the most talented in these like really big positions and then when when i heard that rumor i was like oh my god i remembered that article and was like that's (coughs) because this was kind of portrayed like very differently but it's weird because that's one of those where there's smoke there's fire things like so when i heard about harvey weinstein i was like i guess yeah, it was like with Louis C.K. Like when that came out, I was like, "Oh, this has been rumored for like five, six years now." Really? Yeah. I it, it was I, on Gawker as a blind item, but in the blind item, there was a lot of misinformation too that got kind of combined into the New York Times article. Yeah. So, how, how do you guys feel about Louis C.K.? Uh, he's got one of the best specials of the year. Really, I haven't seen it. I very much enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I the weird thing is I never really liked Louis CK's comedy that much even beforehand. Like people were super big Louis fans. Mm-hmm. I always thought he was fine. So I don't know. I just I never really watched his comedy in to begin with. So it wasn't like I was like, oh no, not Louis. Like I was yeah. just like, oh yeah. Louis, this not not a good look. Yeah, I I never really watched him either before. Um, so I didn't know a ton. I think I had seen like little bits, like before I even did comedy, you know, and they like 
sometimes Facebook, everyone will share like a popular video. I, I had probably seen some of those and been like, oh, that's funny. But like, I, I wouldn't say I was ever a fan. So like, there's no need for me to like now have an opinion, I guess. I mean, oh, I think, right. I think it's gross. Like, but I, you know. Yeah. I was a super fan. Like I saw him live. Uh, I saw, I watched everything he ever did. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It sucks that he makes women uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't like that. But what then like, he wasn't, I don't know if anything he did was illegal and like, it's like, I don't know how should he be punished? Like, is he not allowed to do comedy ever again? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, he's doing comedy. So I guess like, yeah. you know, I, what I think is weird is like, is just like, has he ever apologized? It doesn't seem like he has. All I know is like, after the fact, he just like started making fun of the school shooting survivors and calling <laughs> them boring and then like double down on, you know, he did apologize but then like that always gets criticized too like any yeah. anytime anyone apologizes for anything they like people are either like you shouldn't apologize or your apology is not good enough yeah so. i know well i think it's so funny when people are like don't apologize it's like if you want to apologize apologize like or if you yeah. feel like you know if you feel bad about it and you feel like you should apologize well- that's the yeah. thing about an apology. It's got to be like a real apology. So here's my thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of torn on the apology part because one, a lot of people like saying like, oh, he didn't apologize. I'm like, who are you to deserve an apology? Like you sit at home and watch Netflix and now like somebody, I guess maybe if you're like the biggest Louis C.K. fan and he broke your heart, but otherwise if you didn't care about him before, like why are you out expecting an apology from this person now? I feel like it's, it seems very self-serving and unnecessary. This is the first part. But the second part is a lot of people are forced to apologize, so they write these half-ass apologies. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're going to actually apologize, either you go all in and write, like, the best apology ever or just don't apologize at all. Like, the half-in apology thing is the worst because you then people are like, that's uh, apology sucked. And then people are like, why did you even apologize? Like, you just get it from both ends. Either pick one side or the other, but just don't do, like, the half-ass. Yeah, there's, like, an apology team that presents you with, like, a list of, like, apologies to choose from. <laughs> You got to get yeah. Drew Brees' apology team is what you got to do. What was Drew, his apology? Drew Brees came out and said some all lives matter kind of shit. Oh, yeah. And his teammates were like, word, you play in the NFL, dog. Like, all your teammates are black. Like, <laughs> rewind that. Go go fix yourself. And he came out the next day and drove and, and came out with, like, a very sincere signing of apology that was very honest and heartfelt. And people were like, all right, we'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Yeah, I think also, he, yeah, it's, I think it's also he's in a different position, though, because you, like, play in a locker room with predominantly black athletes. So yeah. So if a lot of them are like, we know this guy, we vouch for him, then that's kind of different versus, like, there was nobody came to Louis' aid during that situation. All those people were like, ooh. Yeah. Sarah I Silverman mean, tried, didn't she? I think um, Janine Garofalo was the one that was like, he's my friend. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to comment on that. Like we've been friends for a long time. Yeah. Sarah Silverman said that he like jerked off in front of her a couple times and like, she would either like laugh about it or be like, no, I don't want you to do that right now. So she kind of played it off. Like it wasn't like a huge deal. Yeah. Did people come at her for that too? Oh yeah. Of course. Really? (laughs) Yeah. I guess I can see why they would like, and be like, well, it might not be a big deal to you, but that doesn't mean to other people kind of thing. Right. I think like 
I think Ben is right. If you want to apologize for hurting other people, yeah. then apologize. But if you are doing it because you think you should, it's probably like not necessary to apologize. Like just, the, you know. The bad thing with Louis too is that I guess his like management company would like try to silence the women and like threaten them too. And yeah. like threaten their careers uh, if they oh, were to come terrible. out. Yeah, that's that's yeah, not that's, good. That's the, that's where you go wrong. Yeah. But did Louis know that was happening? I don't know. Yeah, I think what's also hard is like, I get that that's like your kink, but like, couldn't you find maybe women that didn't want to be comics? Like, yeah, because <laughs> then that puts people in such a weird spot. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, don't I know- fuck your coworkers or jerk off in front of your coworkers. Yeah. <laughs> don't pull your dick out of the office. What I think is so funny is I bet. I mean, I guess it's like, who are you attracted to? Too. Maybe he had an attraction to these women more, but it's like. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. Whatever. I mean, the, it, da- the dating comics thing too. I can see if you're so like wrapped up in comedy, those are the only people you're around. So it's yeah. like, who do I date? Yeah. yeah, but if you got money though, and you're trying to do a kink like that, can't you like get a pro? I mean, I guess maybe that's not the same, but at the same time, like you gotta well, be thinking of that, right? I am. I would imagine there's like fans who would be very willing too, <laughs> right? Right, yeah. like like a Tiger Woods style, you know, like or like a rapper, like oh. So when I used to live in Denver, some famous Nuggets players like uh, Kenneth Faree, Ty Lawson, they were guys that were on the Nuggets. So Kenneth Fareed would come to the club, like the bar on a weekend. He would just be in like his hoodie, just like posted in the corner. He'd have like two of his boys with him. And one would just go and just scrounge up like all the banging girls. And then they were just out like that. Like he'd just come up, he'd chill. And this dude's like, yo, come party with Kenneth Fareed. And these girls, oh my God. And then they just like load up the truck and then we out. I'm like, I mean, I get it, you're not an NBA player, but Louis C.K. had some clout. Like, you should have a yeah. guy for that, right? Uh, at, the, at the time most of this was happening, he was pretty much unknown. He was like, he was oh. like a writer on shows. <laughs> and, like, he was the comics comic for a while. Like, he didn't really blow up for a stand-up until maybe, like, 10 years ago. But I still think... I mean, when even did like every... oh, I guess it was before that. Was it before 10 years ago? Yeah. I think a lot of it was, yeah. Like, a lot... A lot of the allegations, or some of them, were at the Aspen Comedy Festival. That that hasn't been around since the mid two thousands, maybe. So yeah, well, I feel like I'm in a weird position because I'm like, I want to say I think it's gross and I don't like him for it, but then I'm also like, well, I'm a woman trying to do comedy, so if I make strong claims like that, people are, you know, not going to put me on shows. So I guess it's like. <laughs> news for you is no one watches this so <laughs> but yeah. i do wonder if there was some girl like there, there was some girl like when he- weinstein was like i was trying to suck harvey's dick to get ahead like that that was their game plan do you think anyone was sad about that or like i would have let louis jerk off in front of me like that was my go that was my end did that I, happen i'm do you think like do i think some people did that no, I'm just wondering if there was like there was just like one person who was just so mad. Like that was my move. I was going for it. Like oh, use that yeah, to get to the know. top. Oh God, I don't know. Ew, I heard. Have you read about Harvey Weinstein's penis? <laughs> <laughs> what they talk about I get in it. court? I it's, get it mixed up with Trump's penis. Like which? <laughs> Harvey Weinstein's is a nightmare of a description. <laughs> like. 
the women were like it <coughs> was nearly like the women in court were like it was nearly non-existent like it looked like almost like labia mm. like it's like a clitoris yes yeah 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 yes you got a fupa <laughs> you got a microphallus yeah. yeah and i think that they were accurate like because i think they had to identify they had to obviously be able to identify his like, yeah lower region i wonder if you they know, made him whip it court. out in court <laughs> for, for the jury please your honor but i think <laughs> that the, i think that their descriptions were accurate and it was like so gross to read about because you're like that is what would he do like just rub it up against people I, then how well, do you <laughs> i don't even know <laughs> oh god he's so gross <laughs> he is, an he is like such a monster man. and then i was like so he's alive i think <laughs> he is alive is he but though <laughs> he was he was such I like would get so mad when they show the pictures of him like walking into court on a walker and it was like oh like kind of like to get the sympathy they made him look like this old sick man and it's like get out of here. Is he in jail now? Yeah I think so. How much time did he get? I think he got a lot. I Well a lot. He, uh, He's still like in court for more charges. Yeah cool. but I think as so far he might have already gotten like 20 something years. Which is not a lot, but like is a lot, you know. Well, in his life, he, does he have twenty more years? That's yeah, that's the thing. Mm. But it's like to do that to so many women. You know what's sad about that is like, I mean, aside from the actual assault in general, but it's like how many people lost careers because they either said no mm-hmm. and never were assaulted, or you know were assaulted and then lost careers because they couldn't continue doing. Yeah, that's what they're saying about Louis too. Ugh. Like how so, many? Yeah, women who were trying to get ahead in comedy, and then that kind of like scared them off from it, or their career was threatened by his management or something. Yeah, I don't like that aspect of it. Yeah, that's. Yeah, because I, I think that's what's like gross about Louis's situation is like, yeah, the behavior's gross, but it's not illegal, like you said. It sounded, at least like he was under the impression that it was like fully consensual and maybe people felt like they couldn't say no. Yeah. But he didn't, I don't know the right language. Like he didn't like assault, he didn't, you know, rape anybody, but like Harvey Weinstein was like actually doing, that's so gross. You know who else I knew was a terrible person? Bill Cosby. I just knew. Oh, fuck Bill Cosby. First of all, Bill Cosby can eat a dick. He could eat a dick the whole time. He, okay. I grew up loving the Cosby show. I used to watch that every time it was on because it was funny. It was silly. It was fun. But then it was like early 2000s. He gave that pound cake speech and was oh, like, I he remember was, that. Yeah. And after he, after I had found out about that, because I think I found out maybe when I was a little older, but he said something like black people are just in the position that they're in because we can't keep our families together and people are sagging their pants. And he said all these stereotypes that were like, racist and then i was like oh any anytime people talk like that about other people you're like i know you're hiding something yeah he was yeah he was hella whack i remember i was watching probably in like early 2000s around that same time there was a um, there was an unarmed black kid that was shot in um at pace university i think it was um amadou diallo i want to say something like that um there's always so many names right mm-hmm. and uh and he was talking about that. And I remember just being there like, fuck you, Bill Cosby, with yeah. your little, like, man, you can eat a dick with that bullshit. 
and I, I really didn't. The reason I really never liked Bill Cosby though was because Eddie Murphy Delirious was like my favorite stand-up of all time, and Eddie Murphy does a bit in there about how after his first special, um, Bill Cosby called him and told him he should stop saying n bombs and he should stop and he should stop doing all this, and he was telling Richard Pryor that Eddie called this, and Richard Pryor's like. Tell Bill Cosby he can suck my dick. <laughs> and yes. I just laughed so hard. I was like, ever since then, I was like 10 years old. I was like, fuck Bill Cosby. I think that's, yeah, I think that's what it is. It's like, <clears throat> like, let me tell you how you need to live your life. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if there's one thing, if you're vocal about like, here's how I live my life. But if you're like, I understand other people, but I'm, I wonder if it's the same thing that, but I think they're different. The Amadou Diallo and then. Oh, the pound cake speech was 2004. I'm looking it up. Oh, uh, what? <laughs> yeah. Some of his accusations were from 2004. He was fucked. So yeah, I think the Andrea Kahn stand was 2004. So, yeah, oh he's giving God. that speech to the raping people at the same time. Yeah. Spanish fly. Gosh. So, how did Louis have a management team to threaten people, but not a management team that would go out and find girls for him? <laughs> Louis, your management team is fucking up. They, they're doing the wrong thing, Louis. You didn't. <laughs> Come on, man. You gotta be a wingman, not a stingman. Like. I, guess like, <laughs> I guess maybe if a lot of that stuff has to do with power, then maybe it's like too easy if you find people find people for, I don't know. I don't know. I like, ugh. Yeah, part of his kink was probably like the uncomfortable moment in the show. Yeah. Yeah. With Bill Cosby, I can't believe he was taken down by Hannibal Burris. That's I the, know. the wildest part about it. Because yeah. that's what Hannibal was complaining about those speeches that he would give, and he's like, "Bill Cosby, you're out here raping people," and everyone's like, "What?" He's like, "Go home and Google Bill Cosby rape," and then everyone did. <laughs> that's probably also why I didn't. I I'm probably giving myself too much credit and thinking I just didn't like Bill Cosby because of that. But I bet you enough people didn't like Bill Cosby, and then that made me be like, "Yeah, he seems like a shitty guy." Yeah. Everyone had weird stories about him. Like once those rumors came out, like every comic had a weird Bill Cosby story that they would yeah. tell on the podcast. Yeah. It's too bad. That show the Cosby show was fun. Bill Cosby oh. himself was a great special. Like I love the chocolate cake bit. <laughs> I I actually don't know his stand up. I can't it was so hard for me to watch his like he used to do that kid to do the, the kids say the darnest thing. Oh, I used yeah. to hate watching it because he talks so slow. And then uh, we do, uh, uh, I'm like, spit him the fuck out, Bill. That is true. I don't know. He was fine. The Cosby show was fine, but I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, R.I.P. Bill. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> no, fuck, Bill. <laughs> fuck Bill Cosby, but. Yeah. yeah. Fuck Bill Cosby, for sure. No, we don't need Bill Cosby. No, we, we don't need Bill Cosby. Do you know who else? Like, I'm adding a lot of fuck people to my list. Um mm-hmm. Morgan Freeman can go on that list. Really? Morgan Freeman. What's up with Morgan Freeman? Cancel Morgan Freeman for me. No, we're not even canceling Morgan Freeman. He just says that dumb. He just he goes on his little whole. He has this whole thing about how racism doesn't exist and all sorts of bullshit. Kind of fucking. Oh yeah, that if you stop talking about it. Well, I wonder if now he is. No, this is recent. Fuck fuck Morgan Freeman. Yeah, he still he's still on that train. Fuck Morgan Freeman. Who else is on that list? Let's see. Lil Wayne. What Lil Wayne? What's up with Lil Wayne? He's on the same bullshit. He did an interview recently, and he was like, "I don't have that experience." They asked him about Black Lives Matter, and I think he was like, "I don't." had that experience and then they were like then they were like Lil Wayne 
Um, so all of the people at your shows are white. <laughs> what does that tell you? <laughs> and he was like, well, that racism doesn't exist. I was like, well, that's the conclusion you yeah. came up with? Yeah. He's, he spent a, like a bunch of time at Rikers Island. Like he doesn't know about system- <laughs> systemic oppression or anything. I know, that's... <laughs> Denzel Washington too? Oh, man. Really? R.I.P. Denzel. <laughs> wait why same thing there's a whole video of them all of them just ah. talking some shit i was like i i i, I, I was i felt troubled about it because i remember the titans and training day come I on know. man and wow wrong, i can still watch the movies but i just look at denzel i'm like eh, you motherfucker all right i'll have to look in I'll, i'm gonna have to look into the morgan freeman and denzel yeah they, those are the two did you mention one more before that or was the other one in agreement was that bill cosby um, well, there's that one, and then there's also he's not as popular as them, but you know who Anthony Mackie is? Yes. Yeah, he's also on that. Anthony Who's Mackie. That? He's um, he plays in like the Avengers movies. I don't know if you've watched any of those. He plays yeah. the Falcon in the Avengers movies. He's also plays. Uh, you ever seen Eight Mile? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I haven't. You've never seen Eight Mile, Jeff? I feel like Eight Mile would have been your shit. Everyone <laughs> from the door. What else has um? I was a juggalo at the time, so I was on a I was on a fuck Eminem tip at that time. Oh, oh, oh my god. god! Speaking of juggalo, for a hot second, <laughs> I did not realize that song where they say magnets. How do they work? Yeah. I thought that was an SNL sketch because there is an SNL sketch, but I kept thinking that that line is from the SNL sketch. <laughs> but then I watched, I actually watched that music video the other day. The Miracles. miracles. Yes, yeah. yeah, it's, it's the 10-year anniversary of Miracles this year. You know what? <laughs> I will say, have the Juggalos ever been a, a real problem or did people just not like them because of the they were they, they were labeled a gang by the FBI in 2011. That's right. Yeah. But I don't think that they're... They seem inclusive. I don't know. Uh, yeah, we might have talked about it on this podcast. They are one of the most inclusive groups. I just saw a picture where one of them, his daughter, I think, is like a furry yeah. or something. And he's like, J's daughter, Ruby, yeah. And, and he dressed up with her. That's sweet. I don't know what a furry really is, but... That, uh, if you get into that, it's actually very creepy, and it's kind of weird that he allows oh. his teenage daughter to go to these furry events. I don't know if she's aware of like the dark underworld of the furries, but oh god, <laughs> everything, nothing is like sacred. I feel like everything has some. Dark... There's a sexual underground to every oh. subculture. That's so sad. No, the Wait, juggalos okay. are very inclusive. Uh, but when I went to the gathering last year, I didn't, uh, I didn't see any Asians. So, I don't know. I so feel like they, they would definitely include Asians in the group if they wanted to. It could to. be where you went, right? Which gap, you know? Uh, yeah, it was, the, uh, it was in Indiana, so I don't know. Wait, so you've never seen an Avengers movie? So you don't know who Anthony Mackie? <laughs> no. Really? Not Ant-Man or anything? Captain no, I, America? I saw the first Iron Man in, what was that, 2006? Oh, I don't think he's in that either. I only saw one Iron Man. That was it. Yeah, he's not in that because he's a he's like a Captain America adjacent. Wow, I'm looking at his filmography right now. I've seen every Batman movie. Have you seen The Banker? No. Are you on his IMDb? Uh, yeah, I'm on Wikipedia. IMDb <laughs> would be good. Yeah, if you look him up, you've seen him. Yeah, he's, he's you've seen him around. He does some movies you've seen probably. Um, wow. Now I'm gonna and after this. Uh, 
meeting of sorts. I'm going to have to look up Anthony yeah, he, Mackie. He looks familiar. Yeah, he's done like a bunch of movies. Oh my God, I love Denzel. I actually love, I have to look him up and see what he said before I make my choice. Yeah, um, no, watch it. I just, I was like, I had to talk to my uncle about it. I was like, I had to reach out to my great uncle who's learned it on some education thing and been like, listen, what's this bullshit that Denzel's talking about? Because I get it. I get it. I don't know. You have to watch it. I'm not going. Okay. I still, I still watch Trading Day, but now I'm just a little happier when he gets shot at the end, you know? I love that movie. <laughs> I haven't seen it. You've never seen Trading Day? No. You know what I've seen? That Is that a spoiler does... alert for you then? No, it's okay. I'll still watch <laughs> it. Only 15 years late. Yeah. No, I'll still, I feel kidding. like after. 19 years, yeah. Yeah, 19 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, after a movie's been out for a certain amount of time, I feel like spoilers are out the window. You're just yeah. behind. Yeah, I watched. He's in two movies. The Equalizer that yeah. I watched one night. One night I like was trying to get a lot of work done, so I watched Equalizer two because it was on something for free, and I was like, <coughs> oh, and I knew it was filmed in Boston, so I was like, let me just check it out. And it was like, I really enjoyed it. I think it has a bad Rotten Tomato score, but I was like, this is good. <laughs> so then I watched the first one after that, and I was like, wow, these are not terrible, or they're not they're not bad at all. I think. No, they're but, fine. I like him. I like Denzel. Yeah. The thing, Denzel's oh my God, such I, a good actor. And it Brian me O'Donnell has the best uh, Denzel shirt. It's like got a collage of his like pictures on the front. It's like a hip hop shirt. It says like Denzel Washington with like a collage. Mm-hmm. And on the back, it's like Denzel's headshot. And it has a, his whole IMDb listing, like every movie of the year that it came out. He's done so, so many good movies. Like he's so done many. so many good movies. He's so talented. He was I Malcolm have- X. I I know I have said R. that whenever I see a picture of Malcolm X, I think it's Denzel Washington. You know, people confuse the two all the time. It's he like did a really good job. People think that him or uh, the one there was some time in college where this girl did a presentation of Nelson Mandela and put up Morgan Freeman's picture, and I'll never forget that. That's so funny, bro. We were just like, God. you no, that's not Morgan. Yeah, that's, that's not so bad. <laughs> it's not him. Yeah, that's that horrible. Yeah, some people are fucked up. That shit is real. That's so funny. I oh my god, I um, I I told my brother if I ever got to make a movie about my life, which would for what, but you know that hypo- I love hypotheticals, so I'm like. If I ever made a movie about my life, Denzel, I would want to play my dad. <laughs> I feel like I feel like he like looks they look similar yeah. in some ways, but also um I think that they have like almost a similar demeanor in a way. That sort of like grumpy but soft personality, I feel like seems very Denzel. Who would play Izzy in your movie? Um oh god, let's see. Uh Halle Berry, Zoe Kravitz, Beyonce, all my, you know, all my, my twins. Loves. All my loves. My <laughs> twins. Like a, yeah. Yeah. The, 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 just pretty much Halle Berry. That's a win. Yeah. Zoe Kravitz is probably like. You're someone younger, like Zendaya or. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Ooh. Zendaya. <gasps> I love. This would Megan be like. This would be like the extremely hot version of my family. Like Zendaya's me. Denzel is my dad. <laughs> I'd have to figure out who'd play my mom. But like I would cast only. Like, you get Halle Berry for her. Yeah, right. I know. No, my mom's got. My mom's pretty light. So I would have to find somebody that like Easy. looks very Portuguese. Zoe Kravitz and Lisa Bonet. Oh, I know. Done and done. That's a wrap. Oh my God. 
done and done. They, I don't Lori know. Lori Kravitz how, is a babe. Oh my gosh, so beautiful. I like. Am so interested. How, how does Hollywood know? Like when you pick a child actor, they all end up good looking when they're older too. How do you know? Like, what if you pick a child actor who's cute as a kid, and then they're hideous when they get older? I guess they stop working. Like Nicole beans Nicole from uh, Even Stevens. <laughs> yeah. yeah. R.I.P. Macaulay's not bad looking. No, he's, he's not bad just looking. Tiny. He was just like he was just like yeah. really small. And he's just like so him. fucking rich now that I don't know. That kind yeah. of it, it does something for me, honestly. <laughs> so rich. Do you ever notice though how like everybody in Hollywood is very good looking? And I don't oh, know. Whenever, whenever I see like a Nickelodeon star or like a Disney star, like yeah, they like pick them up when they're like twelve or thirteen. Well, first of all, there's also a lot of like work that goes into making these people good looking. That is like, true. If you see some of these people in the back scenes behind, because when I used to, I used to work at a TV studio, so sometimes you'd have like actors and stuff because we um, we used to own the Denver Nuggets and the Colorado Avalanche. So people would come in and you see very quickly that a lot of these people that you see on TV look just like normal people until you put on like two hours of makeup on and That's get on true. TV and you look amazing. That whole thing, don't don't let your eyes deceive you. They're, yeah. Like Ariana Grande had a ton of work done too. If you do like yeah. a, if you Google Unless, like before and after on her, she looks completely different. I've been and like that's the thing. They start getting this, the work done. They, yeah, there's this plastic surgeon that I follow on TikTok. And he's just about, cutting people up on TikTok. Yeah. I'm not going to the plus to the TikTok doctor. <laughs> he just like what he does is he'll like he'll show these like procedures and he'll show like celebrities and be like, okay, their eyes like so one that I'm completely fascinated by is this new they call it like PDO threads. So they take your eyes and it's like doing an eye it used to be called an eyebrow lift and you can do it with Botox, where they kind of give people this like cat eye, like they pull the eyes up, like so they're like more angled this way mm. and almond shapes and then he like so he like calls celebrities out so he but not in a bad way like obviously he cares about this and he's like oh this is the look that like kendall jenner bella hadid but it's this weird thing where they pull these put these threads in your you're like eyebrows. a marionette <laughs> yeah and it like pull it like pulls and then the threads like dissolve in your eye but they like stay there and it looks disgusting but like i guess the end result is good but oh my god it's it's so, it's so fascinating how much you can do so you're actually probably correct that would you ever get any work done jesse <laughs> <laughs> yeah would you guys uh, what would you get done if you did would you get like booty implants like what would you I've, do to- <laughs> I've thought about getting a nose job but i've i've come to accept my nose now <laughs> did I you like post something about that the other day is about the nose job Oh yeah, I said it was a picture of me and my dad laughing, and I was like, "We're laughing about the concept of a nose job because we would never." <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I would. I think I would have. I would get work done. Like I'm not opposed to getting work done, but I'm not planning on it. What kind of work would you get done? Um, I would 100% get Botox. Um, so actually, I'm planning on eventually getting Botox. Probably. <laughs> you can have the fake face that doesn't move. Hey, they do a really good job. A lot of people have Botox that you wouldn't know yeah technology is coming a long way now. they they're getting like ass- so i just assume everyone has work done so that's probably that's why. smart i haven't yet i don't think i would but the hard thing is i feel like if i got work done i don't it doesn't seem like you can get just one thing done like i feel like you have to like slightly alter everything because if you just change a little bit of one thing 
everything yeah. else is going to be yeah. off. Right. Fake so hair for like, guys is getting pretty good. Like if I started losing my hair and I had the money, I'd probably get some fake hair. Yeah. I always thought about getting like a, I didn't know if they could do a surgery for getting like a, a hairline increaser. I don't know. Oh, they, I, I bet they can. Because I like my hair's fine, but just like, look at this hairline. I'm all forehead. Like this is like a seven. Like you wanted a little forward. I get yeah, that. Just, just like from like here to where I'm not like saluting here, but just like a normal person like here, you know? They probably yeah. just have a little piece you can just stick onto your forehead. <laughs> yeah, you look like it. Like this is a normal forehead. Four fingers to the head. We got a lot of space after four. <laughs> we got that five going. Is that on why six. they call it a forehead? It probably. Be. <laughs> That's true because if you were three fingers, you'd have a very small forehead. I feel like Jesse, you're going like Jesse. Your pinky's over your eyes, bro. You're not even in your four. You got like a three and a half. Dog. You got that. I'm losing my hair. My, my hairline goes further back every time I get a haircut. I can't tell if my hairline has changed. <laughs> but it doesn't as much for women. But I, I notice it in ponytails. In ponytails, you oh, can see yeah. hairline? Ooh. Yeah. Like, I, I actually am a little worried. I'm like, is my hairline receding? So I'll have to, I'll have to do some comparing to old pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I would notice, though. So. Oh, my God. My mom. <laughs> my mom. She, this is not funny this is the serious part she had um a brain aneurysm that they had to get rid of not funny yeah they, so they clipped it but she had to get like so what they did was like just like do an incision here and like i guess they peel back your scalp but they had to shave like the front part of her hair and it was literally so cute when it was growing back like <laughs> and it was like an inch long in the front of her face did your mom she have is. a side cut? Your mom's looking all G with the side cut. Imagine, she looked like Skrillex. <laughs> no, but you know what? It would have it would have been cool. They should have done that because that would have been kind of cool. Just give her the fool. They should have went in. Yeah. But, <laughs> no, it was like it was like from here to here, like right in the front. But I mean, it's worth it because she's healthy and she had that little cut like Drake has that goes like <laughs> she just got the three stripes. Imagine. <laughs> yeah, that little thing. No, they do. Technology is like incredible because it's such a small line. Was that brain surgery? Yeah. So wow. they like go in and they put like a, a clip around the aneurysm. So then it eventually just like it's like so like the artery or whatever is like here, and then the aneurysm is just here, but it's clipped. So if it like bursts. So yeah. you're not going to bleed out. Wow. But I think once they clip it, it just sort of like dies off. It like, it's so crazy. So she's healthy now, but the, the shaved head was so <laughs> cute. became a DJ. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, time for a career change. <laughs> but she would be like a DJ that plays like exclusively Celine Dion. <laughs> and not remixes. She no. doesn't play the CD. Just the originals. Yeah. Do your parents have accents? Yes. Yeah. Oh my! How often? No. What are you dropping? How I often do you make fun of your parents' accents? Oh, uh, good. Do you question. do them on stage? I haven't. I I'll have to master it. <coughs> Which one can I you don't... do better? Like your dog's or your dad's accent? Like who do you oh, mimic more? Probably my mom. You but should... my my I the funny thing is I can't. I haven't like listened for the accent, but it's just like certain habits about their speaking that I'll notice. Like my mom, I've always noticed when she learns like a new phrase, she'll use it a lot. It's, it's so cute. So like when I was like in high school, she learned by all means. So she would use by all means, like all the time. That's a funny bit. <laughs> it's, yeah, like, it was very cute. 
I always, uh, my mom, she always says, like, she puts the wrong in fast, it's on the wrong syllables. <laughs> so oh, yeah. So she'll be like, Benjamin, mm-hmm. you should have, like, when I was in college, she's like, Benjamin, you should study business management. <laughs> I love, yeah. <laughs> I would be like, what do you mean? Business management. <laughs> you mean so management? Cute. That's what I said, management. Wait, where's <laughs> your family funny. from? We're from the Congo. Okay, that's right. Well, I... Zaire, formerly known as R.I.P. Zaire. <laughs> This R.I.P. bit is very funny to me. Um, I don't know why baseball cool. players became the spiritual leaders of our country, but they are. Yeah, that's what They're they do. They just hit time. a home run. They're just. <laughs> I think you do that every episode. I love. I think I do it multiple times every episode, and I don't know why. Wait, Jesse, what's your background? Um, my sister got twenty three of me done last year. We were mostly English and Irish. Oh, nice. So it's all white. It's all yeah, like Western Europe, Northwestern Europe. Nice. The Berlingamies, I believe. Very Ber- cool. Yeah, Berlingame is very like regal English name, I think. <laughs> ah <laughs> yes, <laughs> so, so, Lord Berlingame oh has a turn. Like that is for sure. Like that. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. It does. What's your middle name? Michael. All right, that's nice. Mad. I, was, I was hoping it'd be like Edwin or like Wallace or something like that. No, everyone in my like like high school class, like all of our middle names were Michael. I remember like one class I had, there were like ten of us. That was all our middle name. It was just like popular in the late eighties, I guess. Yeah, that I mean, makes Michael sense. was hot. Michael Jordan, of course, it was hot, bro. Michael Jordan was everywhere. It was he wasn't even in the NBA in '87, was he? He was in the NBA. He got drafted in '84. Oh. Oh, really? Rookie of the year. Yeah, the first Jordan. The Jordan 1s came out in 84. Wow. Oh, all right. Yeah, See, so I, don't, I don't know enough about Jordan. He was like, I just know about the 90s when he was winning all the... The 90s when he went and started winning, but he was in yeah. the 80s. So maybe it was a little early, but that's... Michael became a, like the most popular name in the country, and I'm like 90% convinced Michael Jordan was a very That makes sense. That. Well, and think about all the Michaels you had. Michael Jordan, Michael Jackson... You probably had was Michael Douglas a famous actor at that point? <laughs> I think <laughs> probably. So. Yeah, Michael Douglas is like a hundred at that point. I don't know Wall- how he's still alive. Wall Street was out, wasn't it? Yeah, Wall Street came out in the eighties, the original, right, or early nineties? Yeah. So that makes sense. What's your are, there, uh, are there a lot of LeBrons out there now? They're they're coming up. They're all young. I bet. You know, we haven't. They're not like old enough to be famous, but you know they're coming. They're yeah. all on, there's a lot of Kobe's on TikTok right now. Yeah, right. Oh my god, Kobe's probably gonna be popular. <laughs> Kobe, right? You're starting to you know what you see a lot of is the name Shaquille. Like a lot of like younger players in sports yeah. now are coming up and being Shaquille or like Shaq. There's like Shaq Evans, Shaq Thompson, a lot of Shaqs. Someone and, posted a meme about all these like new NFL players that all have like rappers' names from like the late '90s and the early 2000s. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Cap. <laughs> there's like Ludacris. <laughs> I love close. that. I think there's a Jada kiss in there somewhere. Oh you know what's God. funny? I know a set of sisters who are Kendall and Kylie. Already. But they, well, they were not named after. Obviously, not named after them. But it's because oh, okay. like one of them is like 23. But it's so funny. But I think Kylie is the older one. So it's not like the sisters. But oh. What's yeah. your middle name? Genevieve. Oh, is that French? Like Genevieve. I think. Uh, but it, I know the origin is probably for, is French. But the way you say it in uh, Creole, Cape Verdean Creole, is um, Genevieve. Genevieve. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I never say it like that. But... 
I, I work with a Genevieve, and I, like every time I see her at work in my head, I just go Genevieve. I love. <laughs> it's a cool name. It's a cool to say name. Yeah. What's I your like middle name? My middle name is Lee Foley. Ooh, Lee Foley. Benjamin Lee Foley. Are you Benjamin? Yes, I am Benjamin. My middle name was this close to being Mutumbo, and I think my mom (laughs) dropped the ball on that one till this day. I was going to be Benjamin Mutumbo. Like, that would have been so gangster. That is cool. How many syllables are in your name? Benjamin Lee Foley Bosunga. Nine. That's a lot, dude. Nine syllables. Yeah. Do I have the most in my family? Do, ro, e, tabit. Yep. How many do you have, Izzy? Nine. Damn, I only have seven. <laughs> that's, I feel like that's good, though. That's Jesse, a long oh, yeah, one. Jesse, Michael, Berlin, game. Uh, right? Is that seven? It might be yep. six, unless I said maybe it's no, I don't Jesse, know. Michael, Berlin, oh. game. Yeah. Oh, Jesse's two. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse. Yeah, the Jesse. That's the second part, the C. Write in if you if you have more than ten. Write write in. <laughs> is is your name is is he short for Isabel? Yeah. Or is it just is? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Isabel John V. <laughs> I like it. Thank Come you. Thank you. <laughs> I feel like I'm such, I'm such an Izzy. I feel like Isabel works, but it's so formal. Have you always gone by Izzy? Like, have you been Izzy your whole life? Since third grade. People always called me Isabel, and then my third grade teacher started calling me Izzy, and then after that, everybody calls me. But my parents have always called me Isa. Isa. Mm-hmm. Do you have any siblings? Any brothers yeah. or sisters? Okay. I have a younger brother, Daniel. Daniel, does he call you? Does he have any nicknames for you? He calls me Isa, and I call him Danny. We all call him Danny. That's cute as shit. Little yeah. Danny. Little he's, Danny. he's adorable. He's coming back from California. Oh, he's is he bringing that? He's bringing that virus back with him. He I know. Let honestly, him back in? <laughs> my dad is so worried. He was. My dad was watching the news, and he was like, "California is not doing well." And he was kind of like looking at me. I, I think he wanted maybe me to fill in the gaps or finish his sentence, but. You know. <laughs> You're like, yeah, he can't come home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Cali's fucked. <laughs> yeah, like um, tell him not to come. But you have no. to lock down for like two weeks quarantine. I know. I think he's, my dad was like, he'll have to wear a mask in the house. Like, <laughs> R.I.P. to your brother's freedom, dog. I know. <laughs> he's going to be in the house with a mask on. I know. I think your brother should riot. He should just play future when he comes back on. <laughs> mask, mask off. off. <laughs> ben, That's is your brother back in the country yet? Is yeah. He, oh. He, he, oh, so recently, yeah, he just made a back update. He's been back, I think it was like last week. He came back. He was stuck in Africa for three months. That's right. On a boat, right? No, he came back. He was oh. just on land. He was. It's oh. so funny, right? Because he was like telling me what was happening down there. Did he, he take like, a boat? Yeah, he took a boat oh. to get from the small city um, to the main city because there was no flights going from there. And he had to go travel down the Congo River for a couple of weeks to get down there on like a thing boat. But it's crazy because he's like, it wasn't, he's like, it wasn't weird because there was no corona but like there's no like virus that people are worried about but you just had to deal with like everyday problems you know like lack of electricity and no internet and stuff i'm like their daily lives are harder than our corona lives <laughs> like 
it's just a different way of living. Yeah. I was just like fascinated by that whole concept. Yeah, we're sitting in air conditioning complaining that we've watched everything on Netflix now. I know. <laughs> That's our complaint. There's not enough. <laughs> the Grubhub fees are going up every day. Yeah. <laughs> Grubhub. If I get charged one more 2% fee for online delivery for my food, I'm going to lose it. <laughs> like, yeah. So I know. It's just different. Um, but yeah, so I'd like to go back to Africa though. I do. Do you ever go back to Cape Verde? I have, yeah. When we've was the last got, time you went back? 2012. So I'll probably try to go. We've talked about it depending on when Corona ends, going like next year or the year after, which would be cool. Yeah. So I should probably start saving money, but. I mean, do you guys still, do teacher salaries get paid in the summer or do you guys like now just get paid during the school year? No, uh, at least where I work, we get paid through the summer like they just make your salary like year round i see they just switched that up yeah that's kind of cool though because you can then like spend your summers wherever yeah yeah it's really nice Uh, and also for someone like me who's very bad with money if they didn't pay us year round i would be so screwed because i would not be saving are you like an online shopper what's your thing what's your vice i am an online shopper but the my actual spending problem is not like big purchases i do a lot of little purchases like i'll order takeout because i'm like oh it's only 20 bucks or i'll go see a movie or i'll you know and then before you know it that adds up like crazy i do the same thing yeah it's it's too easy and then before you know it you're like how did i spend this much money it's like well i guess like let me think about it oh no i think that's like i had to like i i was i had to like stop myself from doing that like yeah. not not even because not even like knowingly i just like put away my savings before the money ever makes it to my account that's so right. i know whatever's in my account i'm like let's go ham we're making it rain up in the club but i had to do it first because if not then because then that way i don't even think about it you know like the money's yeah. really gone and i'm not even worried about it so then i'm not worried about saving so because otherwise i'd just be be throwing money like we're at the club mm-hmm. no that's thing. My parents were, I have so much credit card debt, which is like part of why I moved home because there's no sense in paying all that rent to stay in the house. And my parents were like, you can live at home and not pay rent if you pay off your credit cards. But like wow. if, they, if they see me getting irresponsible with money, I'm probably going to have to start paying rent. So <laughs> I'm going to try to be. You can't have any new outfits on. I know. Well, and like the good thing is I don't need any. You know, you have nowhere to go. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I didn't buy any clothes like March, April, and May, and then like the last like month, I've been like buying random T-shirts I find online. But... It's too easy. I just ordered a pair of sunglasses today. <laughs> <laughs> but I've been wanting them, so I like so, so. I've been looking at them for like a year, and I just like no, nah, I don't want them because there was they had them they have them in different colors and they like rotate the colors out. Yeah. And then Where'd the you color get them that from? I, Illustiva. They make, they make, it's like an Italian, you know, my heritage, um, (laughs) sunglasses brand. Are they expensive? Kind of. They're like probably comparable to maybe Ray-Ban pricing. Mm. Okay. So yes, but like they're not. Not like. um, Yeah. Like I've, I've seen sunglasses that I'm like, those are cute. And then you're like $800 for sunglasses. That makes Uh, no sense. I have one pair of Ray-Bans that an ex bought me in 2011 and then I lost them in 2017 and just bought the exact same pair on eBay. <laughs> oh, yeah. My worst sunglass thing was when I was cheering in college and I got this 
pair of sunglasses I really liked. And we were in Daytona for nationals and we went to watch a team and I stupidly put the sunglasses in like the cup holder of the backpack. Mm. So they were stolen, obviously. So then I just went to the mall in Florida and bought the same ones again. <laughs> so I bad. had mine around the collar of my shirt and uh, it was at the Skankfest Comedy Festival in 2017. And we went to Burke Kreischer's shirtless party and I like ripped my shirt off and just like forgot that I had the sunglasses because oh, like, no. I was so drunk. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. Oh my gosh. Sunglasses. Everyone, so okay, like we talked about I guess I'm like, you know how everyone has a thing that they're they're willing to like spend money on? What's like uh, your thing? Uh, I'll get like a nice pair of shoes every year for over a hundred bucks. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Between like a hundred, 150 bucks. I bought a pair of white Adidas this year and I haven't worn, I've worn them once, I think to a show. Mm-hmm. Maybe like one of the last shows we did when it was like first got nice out in like March for like a week. Yeah. But shoes t-shirts i bought a shirt for 50 bucks on instagram the other day like i'll spend that it's i only buy like rap t-shirts like (laughs) it's like become my whole personality now with shipping it they total up to 50 bucks i was like you know what that's an expensive ass t-shirt it better be good quality I was like, I need a fifth three six mafia related t shirt. That's so funny. <laughs> That's pretty cool though. That's cool. Uh, I, I respect that. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a big clothes person. I don't I don't as you can tell by the fact that I'm always in cutoffs in this on the podcast. I don't now that I don't leave the house, I don't I did buy some new athleisure though. You know, because I started going running, so I supported that. But I think the thing I probably spend money on willing like if there's a trip to be had, I will spend money on a trip to travel pretty much anywhere, like whenever possible. Yeah. That's like my go-to. Like I will spend plane tickets, wherever, Airbnbs, if we got to travel. That and food. I have, for some reason, I'm like, if the food is good, I will eat the good food and not even care about it. I'm, those are like things that I'm reckless on is I'm traveling anywhere and I'm eating bomb food. Like I don't. Yeah, I spent like a grand on my Gathering of the Juggalos trip last year, but I was like, yes. I'm going to be comfortable. <laughs> like, I like got a flight, a hotel, and a rental car. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. Like, no one else there did that, but I was like, I've been here before. I know how bad it can be, like, camping out in the sun all day. I was like, I'm not doing that. No. Yeah. So, I that's will splurge I gotta, on that. I got to be sure. better about trips. I, I've, like, gone to – the only trip I really take is every year I go to college cheerleading nationals. Um, in Daytona and that's like super fun but my friend pointed out she was like I think that you don't travel enough because you rely on like Daytona being your one trip a year and I was like you're probably right what is it what do you go and do now that you're not like in college cheer anymore so my friends coach um, they actually coached me when Mm -hmm. I was in college and then I started coaching with them after I graduated and then now they coach at um, another college not where I went. So I started just kind of helping out cause it's further, it was further away and I didn't have a car, but I would just like help out here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now I kind of just go and like support them. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. It's yeah. fun. No, a trip it's is so cool. I, I was, are, yeah. Do you go to the beach when you're down there? Yeah. Well, the competition's like right on the beach. Have you guys watched cheer on Netflix? no <laughs> oh it's so good you'll get it done. it's six episodes hour long 
It's so fun. I watched Bring It On a lot when I was a kid. <laughs> oh my god, Bring Bring It On was so good. That's why I, I started cheering. Really? Yeah, they. I I like always wanted to like flip and tumble and do all that stuff, and then which is ironic because that's the part that I'm definitely worst at in cheerleading. Um, Isn't it but, like they try to get like super small girls to do all the flipping and stuff? Like the girls that are like the tiniest on the team usually get thrown up in the air. Yeah, usually the flyer is always like the smaller girls, but it's not necessarily, you don't have to be that small. You're generally smaller because you can do more, you're easier to throw around, but like on all girl teams around up here, you can, you'll find flyers of like any size. Like I had hmm. flyers who were like 120 pounds, um, but what they're are the, strong. So what they do you call the people that throw up the flyers? Bases and a back spot. Bases, so I'm, okay. Yeah. Uh, so I'm a back spot because I'm super tall. So like I'm holding the ankles. Like, so you're like holding the ankle like this and you're pulling up like this. So then the bases are underneath it like that mm. with their hands like flat under the foot. I'm saying this, it's a podcast and I'm like, yeah. look, it looks like this. <laughs> yeah. So the back spot, which is what I am. And usually the tallest person in the, in the stunt group is the one that pulls up on the ankles. So the weight is off of the bases like hands. Have you been kicked in the face a lot? yeah not oh. kicked but like it's but it's usually or landed like, on yeah <laughs> taking take a couple chops it's usually like a lot of butts to the face but honestly it's like <laughs> like if you put your hands up usually you're gonna be good but if you're not like i don't have like the fastest reflexes so if something comes down super fast i'm not always like I wasn't always like that quick to respond. <laughs> you gotta get your hands up. Oh my god! It, uh, <laughs> I actually—it's it, so bad. Although I will say, one time in college, I broke my nose, and that was not the result of me being super slow. It was just a disaster waiting. I knew I knew something was going to happen, and then before I knew it, like timing is huge. If you're not all at the same time in the group, mm. I probably I probably did psych myself out though. I. I bet you I like closed my eyes or something because I knew it was going to go bad. You were probably practicing <laughs> catastrophization back then either. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Isn't that what it's called? I can't even say that word. Catastrophizing? Catastrophize? So then ca catastrophization? Yeah. Catastrophization. You were practicing yeah. that word back mm -hmm. then. You're like, oh, it's going to happen. And mm -hmm. you did. You're like, I got it. Yep. And then there, there went my nose. And then, oh, my God, it was so stupid. My college had this policy, which in hindsight, I should have challenged. Um, if you got injured in the gym and needed to go to the ER, the trainer was like, oh, we have to call for an ambulance like you can't just drive to the hospital and we were like why it's just a broken nose like um and in hindsight i'm like we were not an ncaa sport so i bet you we could have found the loophole and been like no you didn't need to do that and then they didn't pay for it yeah, Penn, and, Penn and teller had a show bullshit and they did a whole episode on cheering about how it's cheerleading's not considered a sport so they don't have access to a lot of like medical professionals or like proper like training and things like yeah. that yeah because it's you, all run by varsity cheer yes wow and, they really yeah and like varsity like they have like they're like what do you call it like a monopoly on like the cheerleading yeah. industry so they don't want any like government intervention yeah or anything yeah there's wow. a whole conspiracy on it yeah i'll have to listen to that because that is very true a lot of people are saying that and a lot of why cheerleading has not been named an NCAA sport is 
people believe is because varsity has makes so much money. Mm-hmm. I mean, they own, they own college cheerleading both. There's like two separate, like yeah, varsity has all these like subsidiaries, right? Yes. There's, there's all these yeah. like different names, but it's all under the umbrella of varsity all under, cheer. Yeah. So you have college, you have, um, NCA, which is National Cheerleaders Association, and NDA, which is dance. And then you have UCA, Universal Cheerleaders Association, and UDA. And they both are like relatively different styles. So like colleges, different colleges will do different, either NCA or NDA, or or NCA or UCA. And then there's All-Star, which used to be owned by this other um, organization, but now... So like every time you go to, I did all-star cheerleading, which is like competitive only. I did that for like two years, um, not consecutive, but they, every time you do a competition, you pay like per person, it's like $200 per competition per person. So like an all-star has big teams. So say you're on a team with like 25 girls um, on the mat, you're paying 200 per person. So like, that's like four grand per team mm-hmm. times like at least 50 teams at a given competition. So they're, they're making at least a million dollars at every single competition. That's insane. Like, it's <laughs> insane. And then and do then people they, buy tickets to the event to watch buy, it? Yep. And it's not cheap. It's like 20, you can do like, it's usually like $20 for one day. And if it's a two day competition, it'll be like $30, but it also depends. So when you, but I can't remember if worlds, I think worlds is not varsity. That's a big one. But, okay, so if you do – Worlds is at Disney, but we don't even have to talk about that. If you do UCA, All-Star Nationals, that's in Disney World. So you have to buy a Park Hopper Pass to do the competition. Hmm. So you have to pay for a pass for Disney and pay for the competition fee. And they, they make it all under one umbrella, but it's, like, it's so bad. So really the people who are going to be best at cheerleading are either going to be the people who the gym – that you cheer at sponsors and can afford, you know, just like you don't pay for anything because they know you're talented and you're going to get really good. Yeah. Or it's people who are super rich mm-hmm. who get extremely good at cheerleading because you have to pay for all that, which I think is probably true of gymnastics too. Cause all that stuff is just like expensive and you have to be willing to say like, I'm going to pay this much money to do this sport. Yeah. Oh my God. That's another good documentary. If you like documentaries, athlete a on Netflix, that one is only like two hours long, but it's about Dr. Larry Nasser and like that whole, um, Oh yeah. I've been meaning to watch the HBO one too. Oh, there's uh, an HBO one. Yeah. It's like at the heart of gold or something like that. Oh. It's, it's, it's just so de- creepy and depressing. I haven't brought myself to watch it yet. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's horrible. I love depressing documentaries, but that's just... <laughs> that one is... Yeah. I mean, to think about the like abuse of hundreds of young girls. Yeah. Over the... How long was he doing it? Since like the 80s? Or the 90s? I think the 90s. I think... Yeah. At, well, I know at least the 90s. And it's just so crazy because some of the girls were like, my mom was in the room. Yeah. That's what I heard. <laughs> yeah, and like their parents wouldn't see because if they're doing a procedure, like, oh, it, oh my god, it's like, it's really gross. But there's one girl. He's not the only one though. Like, he's the only one doing the sexual abuse. But like, people reported, and then USA Gymnastics just like did nothing about it. Hmm. It's really crazy. Like, 
And then one girl, there's an athlete, Maggie Nichols, you have to watch. Were they protecting, like they wanted to keep the girl like competing or? Themselves, the organization. Like they basically are like what they talked about in athlete A was the journalists were talking about how the president of USA Gymnastics at the time was like a marketing expert. So he just knew how to, how to brand gymnastics. So something like this would like tarnish the brand, but it's like, you're hurting young girls for the sake of branding. Like people are still going to do gymnastics. Like if you do the right thing, then people are probably going to be more apt to want to support gymnastics. Right. Um, Oh my God. It's so sickening. And there's like a really sad story in there about, one of the athletes i mean she ultimately like you're like wow she's really strong and ultimately comes out like on top if you will but it's like horrible she like when you talk about lost opportunities like that one is so shitty Mm. i don't want to spoil it because it's really good spoiler alert yeah you know what's crazy is like a professional sports cheerleading i've always thought was really crazy because people think like professional sports cheerleaders like doing whatever and it's like, if you look at what they get paid and what they have to do to be a professional sports cheerleader, it is the craziest thing. Like, you would think they make, like, actual money doing that. These mm-hmm. girls make, like, for a whole season, they end up making, like, two grand. It yeah. is outlandish. Like, the, and they have to, like, be a certain level of fit. They have to show up to all these, like, events. And yeah. All- and they all have to have, like, side jobs on top of it just to make it work because they get paid nothing. They get, like, no benefits. It's, and, like, the NFL just like, oh, no, don't worry about it. We're good. It's, it's insane, yeah. It's and nuts. it's, like, the NFL cheerleaders are all dancers, and they're, like, very well-trained dancers. Like, they can do – I mean, I feel like it's all technically good dancers who can do all the spins and the jumps and all that stuff. I went to, like, a – nba dance clinic once you had to be like under 18 but i think i lied on the application and was like i'm 17 years old and i was 18 at the time but my friend and i really wanted to do it so we did it and it was like the hardest thing i one of the hardest things um i mean i guess it was it was hard i shouldn't qualify it that way but it was extremely hard i was so tired and i was like imagine doing this like as your job, but making $50 a game to do it. Yeah, that's mm. what they make. They make, they make somewhere between like 50 to like maybe like the better teams make like 150 a game or something. They have to like try that. to become like Instagram influencers now yeah. or something. I think you really have to like, you have to market yourself. And a lot of them, I know a few girls that I went to college with that did Patriots cheerleading. And they, but they had like full-time jobs. Like one of them is a fa- physical therapist who was also doing mm. that and I was like, I don't know how you're doing that. Or try to do like bottle service or something. Yeah, I feel like you'd have to find something that like allows you to be. But then that's hard because if football games are at night, how do you do like bottle service? If oh, that's true. Yeah. Well, maybe in the off season or something. It's only because football's on Sunday, so you can do like Friday and Saturday. Oh, that's true. Bottle service. But then there's so much training involved. Yes, that's yeah, Yeah, that's true. There's all the practices and stuff. That shit is crazy. I'm like, and then you can't you can't practice during the day because if everybody has a job. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, the whole thing is that whole cheerleading business is wild to me. I'm always just like, who? I'm, I'm, I guess I've always wondered, like, what's the allure of it? But I guess mm-hmm. there's a part of it that people must like because so many people still try it. So I wonder 
what is yeah. the allure of it? Like what gets people to come back? Yeah. I, I know for me, for cheerleading, it's like, I always want, like I said, I watched bring it on and I watched that girl with like the new girl, uh, Missy. She, when she comes to town and they're like, Oh, you don't look like a cheerleader. And then she like, like no tattoos. And then she takes her middle finger and like wipes off the tattoo. I was like, Oh, she's badass. Is that Eliza Dushko? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and she is like a wicked good tumbler and like all that. And I was like, wow, I want to do that. And I was small when I was a kid. So I was like, I want to get thrown around in the air. Um, mm. You could not pay me to go up in the air at this point. And I'm also <laughs> too big for that. But I, um, it, that part is fascinating. Just like stuff that you can do with like your body and collaborating with like it's teamwork is huge and collaboration is huge and then it's like super fun you're performing like I don't know there's a lot of adrenaline like I don't think I'll ever do anything that gets me as like excited and feels as good performance wise as cheerleading it's just so unique like I don't know how it's hard to explain I like the DJ mega mixes but yes yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> with the cheerleading djs they're so um there are a few people that are like do it and you make so much money and some of these the people who are good they'll like monopolize a gym so they'll be like i will only do your music if i'm going to do all the teams in your gym's music mm. so like that means you're giving them 20 teams and they're making $2,500 a mix, they're making 40 grand off of doing your music. Wow. Yeah. Bro, we're in the wrong game, Jesse. You should have been, been a cheerleader DJ, Jesse. I should have been doing this since I saw Bring It On in 2001. You make so much money doing it. <laughs> and I don't know if 2500 a mix is the right price, but I know they're high. I know it's like, it's not cheap. I'm sure I'm, they also give you a deal if you do all your teams in the gym. Like, there's probably, like, a package price to do all the teams. But yeah. How long is a routine? It's only, like, a minute or two, isn't it? Yeah. For All-Star, it's two and a half minutes long. For um, college, NCA at least, what I did was two minutes, 15 seconds. Mm. With a 45-second, like, game day cheer in the beginning. So, a total, like, three. But that doesn't have music to it. And that's just very like, that's like the worst part. It's like the, you know, when I say Scarlet, you say white, Scarlet, white, that uh, kind of thing. Hey, yep. G, G, R, S, I, E, B, aggressive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, ever, you ever watch that movie Fired Up? <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Okay. First of all, low key, movie's great. Hilarious. Yeah. It actually should, is super funny. Did you ever see it, Jesse? No. Oh, but is, that what the, is that what the dudes that pretend to be? Yeah, they go, to the, they go to the cheerleader team. They're not. They don't pretend to be girls. They just pretend to be on the team so they can go talk to these girls or whatever. They're like football players. Oh yeah. Could you make this movie now? This, I know. I'm actually. I. It's funny. Could, I haven't seen ooh. it in a while. I wonder how it's aged. I don't know, but I haven't seen it in a while. I just know in the line somewhere they in the movie they say you got to risk it for the biscuit, and I'll never forget. <laughs> <that>. <laughs> what a line! It's such a great line. Was that on the poster? That's so funny. It's so—it's just a great line. And I think I told my brother that one. I think time. that's the title of this podcast. Now. <laughs> I told my brother that one time, and he gets his suits tailor made. And on one of his tailor made suits on the insides, it said, "You got to risk it to get the biscuit." Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Yeah, one time he got the suit, and he orders these tailor made suits online, and uh, one of them it was the wrong size, and he was like, "Hey," he sent him. 
He's like, hey, you guys uh, got me the suit the wrong size. Instead of asking for the old suit back, they just sent him a new one in the right size. So wow. I was like, oh, this is already tailored suit. He's like, do you want it? So I just had it tailored for me. So I have this suit that, like, when you open it up, it says sophisticated yet dangerous on the inside. <laughs> he That's just has so all these cute. random quotes. I love that. You're so going to wear that to a show sometime. Just in a full yeah. suit? Would I ever get on stage in a suit, bro? Like New Year's or something, maybe? Yeah. It's very, you could probably do it anytime. Yeah. John Mulaney does it all the time. Yeah, yeah but also John Mulaney's John Mulaney. I can't. I just, I feel so phony in a suit. What am I going to jump in a suit and then be like, ha, ha, ha. Like, what am I going to do? It's weird. Yeah. I just, I, I have to do me. You got to feel comfortable when you're on stage. Seinfeld yeah. says the suit is the funniest outfit. Really? Yeah. Well, maybe I should try it one time. I'll wear a suit. It kind of is. Like, you're all dressed up to tell, like, dick jokes and stuff. <laughs> that is isn't. If I wear a suit, I'm going to have to wear white shoes. Yeah. You gotta yeah. wear white shoes if you wear. Shoes. I did that for my sister's uh, quarantine wedding. I wore my like nice suit, like a bow tie, and then I just had like white, like running sneakers on. Love it. Good. So running sneakers with a suit is kind of a flex if you pull it off, you know. Yeah, it's very Seinfeldian. Isn't yes, that, like yeah. the Dumb and Dumber style. <laughs> the tuxedos with the Chuck Taylors. Did they have Probably. Chucks on? I believe they had Chucks on in Dumb and Dumber, right? Mm, I don't know. I used to Probably. I mean, if it's an ill-fitting suit, you're definitely going to look d- dumb and dumber. Yeah. Or you can do ill-fitting jeans like Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> I love those jeans anyway. He's like, because he still does it. They're gigantic. <laughs> he never got out of the 80s, bro. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> Michael Jordan is the most interesting person to me. In like, in the sense that he's not really big on social media or anything like that. No. But my favorite thing about Michael Jordan is just hearing the stories that other people tell about times of Michael Jordan. There's not a lot of people that like do the stuff that Michael Jordan did before the game and then back it up on the court like he did. Like, yeah. some stuff, like I was just watching this video of Michael Jordan stories. One time Michael Jordan walked into the other team's locker room before the game and was just like, Oh, yeah, I'm going to score like 50 on y'all tonight. <laughs> just walked out. And it was That's like, what? So the other guy was like, they were just shocked. Like, who has the audacity to do that? And then he came out and he scored like 54 on him that night just because he said he was going to. Like, it's just like hearing people tell these crazy stories about Michael Jordan. It's like, I don't know. It's the blessing and the curse. He's definitely a, he is probably one of the most interesting human beings that have ever lived. Is that what that documentary is? Just a lot of wild stories about Michael Jordan? Yeah, it's mostly into the last season. Um, the last season he had with the Bulls, there was like if there was social media at that time, that would have been the news cycle. Like, you imagine the biggest athlete in the world and the owners like, oh, we don't want him to come back, and like it's the whole thing was just a mess. Like it was, so it just goes into like um, that, and then they had a camera crew follow him, so they have all this inside footage of him just like hanging out with, like, the security guards that work and, like, talking shit with his teammates and stuff like that. The dude's a dick. <laughs> He's a straight-up asshole. Like, I gotta watch the documentary. It's ten parts, but it's really yeah. good. Well, the Last I mean, Dance, right? Yeah. I don't I mean, it's, it's good in the sense, like, if you just want, like, more Michael Jordan stories, but, like, it's pretty much, like, Michael Jordan's team had to approve it before it came out, so there's not, like, anything, like, super, like, that you didn't know about that's gonna, like, surprise you or anything like that it's just like oh 
here's Michael Jordan. This is why he was the best. <laughs> and that's pretty much like the whole documentary. Yeah. And nice. then he doesn't talk about his family at all, which is really weird. I know. Like, Some people like to keep that stuff super private. If you killed your dad, would you be talking about it all the time? <laughs> Wait, he killed his dad? Uh, <laughs> that's a, that's there's, nonsense. Th- yeah, there's uh, a conspiracy that his like gambling debts re- uh, led to his father being oh, whacked by the yeah. mafia. Yeah, that's what that's they said. That's so sad. <laughs> but, yeah. Honestly, I the thing about it that makes that hard to believe is like, one, they have like when he was in court... <laughs> He was li- he was caught lying about checks that he wrote to pay back gambling debts, and he named him something else. So he was like, so I don't think he ever like got into the point where his gambling like hurt him financially, because essentially he's always had a shit ton of money. So it wasn't True. like, but yeah, that yeah, whole thing is fucked up. You know who has? So Allen Iverson ran out of money, I think, for a little while, and then, but he has like a lifetime deal with I think Reebok. So. Yeah. He's going to get a bunch of money soon. I love Ellen Iverson, by Me the way. Me too. Ellen Iverson is probably, like, the coolest dude. Because Ellen He's Iverson, so there's, like, certain people that are, like, that, like, got famous, like Michael Jordan, and, you know, like, kept to the strip and, like, didn't do anything and were just like, oh, I'm just going to ball out and win. AI was not that dude. People tell stories about AI going out and partying till, like, 3 in the morning before a game. Michael Jordan used to do this stuff, too, but Michael would just be, like, gambling. Yeah, I would be, like, partying at the club with, like, home. Mm-hmm. And he was just a different type of I dude. love the, I love the video of his mom braiding his hair while he's on the bench. <laughs> he's, really? like, just sit. Yeah, he's, like, sitting on the sidelines, and his mom's doing cornrows in his hair. Was it practice? <laughs> I, don't, I practice? don't know. I'll have to look at it. <laughs> um, but I think that he went broke because he was trying to help people around him he just like didn't know how to say no like i actually think which and he partied a lot too but like i think he just had bad advice and people who took advantage of him which is like kind of sad because you're like oh he's just a a pretty giving person and then have you ever seen the documentary called broke no so they did this document have you seen it jesse yeah yeah it's just about like athletes and like how they went broke and like crazy stuff that they spent money on the funniest part is one guy, he used to play uh, Andre Risen. He played wide receiver for the Chiefs. And he's like, I was dating one girl, and I came back from a game, and my house was on fire. Oh, my God. <laughs> and he's talking about Lisa Left Eye. She burns his house down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what? Lisa <laughs> Left Eye was K-Verdian. Yeah. <laughs> I did not know that. Yep. We make some, uh, I guess, crazy girlfriends, I guess. <laughs> Good to know. Did she just see like lit his shoes on fire in the bathtub? So funny. She did something and the house caught on fire. And (laughs) he's just like, it's just so interesting, like hearing the story from the other side, though. He's just like, but yeah. Oh my God. A lot of athletes go broke trying to pay for other people's things. Yeah, it's too bad. I know. Yeah, Lisa Left Eye Lopes. (laughs) Everyone says Lopez, but it's Lopes. If you think about it, is that the Cape Verdean pronunciation? Mm-hmm. L-O-P-E-S, yeah. <laughs> um, I, uh, there's probably a better pronunciation that I'm doing, but I can't think of it. Lopez. Cape Verdeans have very similar last names to Brazilians. You need and... the double syllables all throughout the name, though, like Lisa, Left Eye, Lopez. Yeah, I love that. It works. Lisa, Left Eye. I know, that's good. Yeah, her father, I just Googled it. Her father is... Uh, of African-American and Cape Verdean descent. 
So she's like a little bit Cape Verdean. But that makes sense because her last name. Hmm. Good show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is it right, about guys. that time? I yeah. think so. Yeah, it looks right. Yeah. We did it. We made <laughs> we it. We did it. I know. Two hours. Yes. Izzy, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Uh, do you want to promote your TikTok? Um, yeah, my TikTok else? is fine. <laughs> uh, my Instagram is just at Rosa. <coughs> that one's fine. That has all my content. Izzy DeRosa. Hell yeah. There's yeah. dance videos on there. Uh, there's anti-New England social justice posts. Uh, there's all hey. types, all types of content on that Instagram. There's no. I love posts. New England. I just, I, I love New England. I am a critic. I like to uh, receive feedback, and then I like to share the feedback I receive. You gotta hold so, us New Englanders accountable. Yeah, I yeah, I'm gonna hold myself accountable <laughs> as best as I can, and then let others hold me accountable. Uh, yes. As a New Englander, I will listen, I will learn, and I will do better. Yeah, we'll we'll make fun of the South less. We'll just, you know, what we'll have to do. We'll make fun of the South, but we'll just have to make sure we make fun of New England more. Yeah, I hope you end every podcast with that, Jesse. I will listen, I will learn, and I will do better. <laughs> I love that. I'm Jesse from the game. That's good. You stay classy, my friend. Right. I will have the star shoot across the screen. <laughs> Beautiful. It's in the book. Lonely Man's Podcast. <laughs> oh, I love the name of this, by the way. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah. Very good name. Um, all right. <laughs> Bye, guys.